in my ideal world, I've said this before, Rampage will be available as soon as Dynamite finishes. And when you're in that excited mood of like, oh, I just want a little bit more AEW, you watch that and then, you know, you, you fall asleep. Um, I would love that. Yeah. Oh, Fight TV, get on it. Get the, every, every, have you ever noticed that on the fight stream? Every now and then the stream just keeps running. Like after yeah, Dynamite and they, they show a little bit like that first few seconds of Rampage. You're like, oh, is this going to be the like, Not that I'm desperate. You're talking about like it's a Television X preview. <laughs> it's bringing back those memories, those feelings of like, oh, maybe tonight, the, tonight they forget. They're not going to pixelate it tonight. Like, and we all remember the one or two no. nights where, where that happened. <laughs> it's that same feeling, except Glorious, it's fucking mate. Juice Robinson matches. Oh, I like yeah. it's never recovered, mate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Rebo Man. Official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benham. I'm JP. I'm Will. And we thought JP, after all of the uh, you know the great luck we had having a, a guest on last week, and uh, how fantastic Rich was, um, and you know not at all um, you know dated twenty minutes after we uh, we finished. We thought we'd try the other half of the duo, see if uh, if Will uh, yeah. if Will could curse the podcast. Like unfortunately, uh, <laughs> poor, poor Rich got last week. Uh, <laughs> I was laughing last week. Like uh, I think Rich between like recording with us, recording with you. I think he did something with Wade as well. Every every time he recorded something new, had happened. Um, that man, as yeah. we said in the pre-show, puts up with a lot. But uh, God bless him; he's got the patience of a saint. He he, he would appreciate this. Um, he's like Aaron Ramsey, like when he would score and famous people would die. <laughs> like he, he has that kind of reverse effect when he podcasts. Things happen. Yeah. So we need to keep him on until we basically so we can ride out this Vince story in about the matter of a couple of weeks. So he's do some charity podcast-a-thons. Well, my, my view was is the closer and closer, more concentrated, Benner and Rich podcasting becomes, mm. the bigger the story breaks. Because, you know, the, the two of them doing separate podcasts at the same time. That's when Vince quits the first time. Yep. Them doing them doing a podcast together with you, JP. That's when Steph quits, and we thought that the two of them doing a podcast by themselves was when WWE was sold to Saudi Arabia. You know, like basically the polar at this polar ends of the Beniverse <laughs> can't be brought too close together, otherwise the apocalypse will come. <laughs> when the when the Benoverse crashes with Brit Res Plus, that's when bad things happen. I think that's what we've learned. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's very much become like um, what I'm assuming is the plot of Ant Man Quantum Mania or whatever it is that is be with the whole Marvel multiverse. But I won't bore you with the. More I don't than know if you, you don't watch that, dear Benno. But it feels like we've got universes colliding and collapsing in and of themselves. The Fan Dynasty. More than more than one person said, like last week, like that episode was like like watching Memento because it was like me and me and Rich in the future commenting on the on the on the, on the mm. Stephanie McMahon stuff, and then we go back, and then it and then it's like it's us three, you know, throwing out theories there that would somehow turn to be correct. That was the most frustrating thing last week because like is you know 
obviously, uh, as people listen to the weekend show here, I was, uh, I was the New York mobsters versus, uh, versus the world on Netflix. JP, you, uh, you were fast asleep by the time me and Rich. I didn't finish it, mate. Oh, Shocking behaviour. <laughs> I've got lost down an app, Apple TV wormhole that will come up later on where I answer the question of who is Paul Walter Hauser. And I'm like, <laughs> I'll tell you what he is. He's a fine actor in a in the limited series Blackbird, which I watched in its entirety. It oh. was very good. Now it's something mad, think all servant. But no, that was what we'd finished at eleven because yeah. we're we're trying to stick to somewhat reasonable hours, which is like yeah. a fucking god. Which we won't tonight, spoiler. Um, <laughs> we we probably won't know. We'll um but at the same at the same time, it was like, you know, I'd finished, got myself ready for bed. Like there was something called the Cineron, which I have to say I'd lost pretty much all interest in it. Um, and then my girlfriend had fallen asleep. So I started watching Fear City and the Mafia and fell asleep very, about 20, you know, I was already 10 minutes in and I fell asleep within like another 10 minutes. Fear by which City. time I missed all the messages, missed everything that happened with Steph McMahon, even the Saudi rumors and all that. I woke up and I saw your message like from you. It was like, fucking hell, mate, have you seen what's happened? And I won't lie, immediately I thought, who's died? Because that's the kind of message you get when you're thinking that. Yeah. Um, Fingers crossed. And instead, we can make what... that happen tonight. Ten minutes after Will gets <laughs> off the line, we'll uh, we'll hear about Vince or something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was so close to. I was like, "What's the emergency status here?" Because like I was talking to Steph at the time, mm. I was like, "I can't." It was one of them. I couldn't put spotlight out as it was. I was like, "It's already out of date. It's completely pointless." So I was like, "At what point do I ring JP?" And then it got to like ten past midnight. I was like, "I can't do that. I'll get him in trouble." Um, and it, oh, like you say, no one's actually died. I can't ring JP to be like Stephanie McMahon's quit. Like that's the. I probably got to realize that's probably not that important in the grand scheme of things. You're about to be a uh, a new dad again. You know what I mean? You need your sleep more than you need to. Uh, to need to podcast for. God bless Richie. Was he was willing to uh, to jump back on yeah. me? And then that fucking felt like it was out of date again. Look, look it turned out. You know, if we just waited another 24 hours, we actually circle back around to being correct again because the Saudi stuff was complete fucking nonsense. It took over Twitter and the episode was missing something by us not wildly speculating over Saudi and maybe in certain points in the uh, recorded episode mm. completely poo-pooing the idea of a Saudi takeover, possibly influenced by what by one Will Cooling and, uh, and his logic, which might have, you know, message board posters, Will. You wait it out, you get your turn out to be right in the end. Yes. You know, that's <laughs> probably we'll the tactic I'll take going forward. I'm not going to ring JP. I'm not going to try and wake him up and re-record if anything goes wrong. Just give it 24 hours in this fucking succession soap opera. The whole world can change. It'll be fine. Well, just one thing on Rich. Like, this is... Th- we were talking before about all the scurrilous things you were saying about uh, me between uh, yourself and Rich. Nothing all of which happen to be true. Um, but one... The things with Rich is like obviously he's he is in America, but also like that guy just doesn't sleep. Like that guy is one of the busiest guys I know. Yeah. Like you know he is always on the go. So often I would do podcasts with him at like four a.m. UK time mm. or three a.m. UK UK time. Like he's always on the go, always ready to do a podcast if he's free Day time. Mm. So yeah, so it doesn't doesn't surprise yeah it surprised me that you were able to get him in to do a uh, a last minute thing and um, past midnight our time. Would you get my bed like? Past midnight hour time is late. Is late on the east coast in America. Like that's mm. that's well evening by that point. Mm. Oh, don't get me started on Americans. They're all like, if a wrestling pay per view goes past half nine, they're like, oh, have you said, to- oh, this is ridiculous. And when am I supposed to sleep? Join our world, you bastards. Not rich. Everyone else. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, it was just it was one of those nights, wasn't it, JP? It was podcasters cursed, like coming mm. coming full to fruition. We did the weekend show for patrons, so we we covered a lot of the story there. Um, but you know, I have put the segments about the crazy rumors from the last week here um, on YouTube, so people can, can can listen to that for free. But yeah, to to recap, we were right basically. That's that's really the, the fundamental thing about it. Yeah. We were right. Vincent Mann was coming back for a reason. They weren't going to sell to the Saudis. He's probably still not going to sell. Although I might have been, you know, turned a, a little bit on that. You know, maybe I didn't call that uh, that Stephanie McMahon had yeah, get get leg surgery. Maybe I didn't call that uh, the car. Well, saying that the cons coming in and uh, potentially buying it. I can't believe the traction that thing's got this week. Like, I know I made a clickbait YouTube video about it, but like, I don't, like, I don't think like, anyone actually believes that stuff. Even CNBC, in telling the story, they were like, you know, as well as every second line being like, you know, the, the much smaller company AEW, they were also like, mm. and also, we don't believe this is probably going to happen, to be honest. Like, they were throwing right. that in. It's like, it's been 400 stories since um, last Tuesday. Don't be. Don't be like kind of, you know, curbing Big Tone's enthusiasm at the minute. Jacksonville Jaguars come in from, what was it, 27 nil down to get through to the next round of the playoffs. Fulham in the top six. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that happening. Yeah. Like, clearly he's thinking, yeah, fuck it. Come on, bring it on. I'll buy WWE. He's the, he's the Mitro whisperer. Like, there was a story that came out today that, like, Mitrovic was finished and Tony Khan gave him a call, hyped him up. Told him he was still one of the best players in the world. Brought in the new manager. Turned his career around. Tim Fulham round. He's doing the same with the Jags. Where are they now in the playoffs? Are they in the equivalent of the semi-finals? I don't know how American football works. Apparently they're doing well. It's fucking uh, Tony Khan turning all ships around. Fuck this Vincent Mann stuff. I just I just remember the uh, the Sex Lies and Headco- uh, Headlocks book by I think Mike Unam. <clears throat> they have they have um, they write about. A period in like 92, 93, when the suggestion was made to Vince, why don't you sell WWF to Turner? And in return, Turner will shut down WCW. So WWF wins the ratings war, the wrestling war, but we get out of this failing business. And they, they write, I always wrote this line, they write in it that Vince gave a look to his underlings as if he'd be rather out on the street selling pencils. <laughs> so I yeah. think that pretty much still applies to the idea he'd sell to the cons. Yeah, bit, bit, bit like how we'd rather do anything than play golf and be a normal retired old man. You know, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> on both lines, seventy-seven. Yeah, like it's 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 ridiculous for it. I mean, you know, I think is it. Uh, I've seen you've made a note. Is it there are big? There's a big talent meeting that's going on at, at Raw. Is that right? Yeah, that right is now. a. Yeah, yeah, I think I think, so, it's, I think it's closed. Apparently, Triple H has told people firmly he's still involved in charge of creative. Apart from when probably Vince McMahon rings him, or Vince McMahon texts him, or elbows him, or tells him Austin Theory needs to be in the main events. Like, I love that <laughs> surprise. Will like this week where people be like, oh, oh, like I can't, but I can't. Vince, but Vince said he wasn't. I mean. Vince can say whatever he wants. Like once he sat in that that office in Stanford, Connecticut, aside from you know jumping over to the red carpet in over the road and making use of the heart shaped bathtub, like what else is he gonna fill his days with? He's he's gonna meddle in the booking. Of course he is. What else is to do with WHQ? He's not gonna shuffle pencils. He's executive chairman. Yeah. Like I I I don't get why this is so difficult for people to grasp. The the, the statements that he was only coming back to facilitate a sale 
was based on the Friday statement when he was just going to be a director of the board. Yeah. They've already broken that. Yeah. And like, look, an executive chairman is part of the management structure. That's why they're an executive chairman rather than a non-executive chairman. They are meant to be there. Like, A, they are the person the CEO directly reports into. So like they will have the CEO's appraisal. They will have like the CEO's supervision meetings. But equally, because they are an executive chairman, they will be more hands-on. They'll be more involved in the day-to-day management. And already, you know, you're hearing, though, know, Vince is calling up department heads. Vince is giving his suggestions to Triple H. Like, I don't know about you guys. Like, no, the organization I worked for has a non-executive chairman. So not even an executive chairman. has a non-executive chairman. If he calls me, which he does because he's a lovely guy, in case he's listening to a wrestling podcast, but if he calls me up and makes a suggestion, I'm going to action that suggestion because he is fundamentally the guy in charge of the of the body that controls the organization. He's back. Like, you know, I'll hold my hands up and say I did not think Vince was going to come back because I thought he was in a perfect trap set by the board of directors. But he's burst through that trap. He's back as executive chairman. He's back in charge. He can do what he wants. That's I saw. I literally saw like you know, fucking. He doesn't deserve the time that fucking Louis Dango talking about like well the people he's got to you know he's the people he's got to answer to or the the how do they word it like the powers that be? He is the powers that be. Like of course he is. Like what? Like grow up. Come on. We've seen this episode. Like we've lived through it. JP. Like come on. Oh well. I get what Dangle was trying to say, but because he's an idiot, he got it wrong. Um, which is because, like, he says, "Oh, Vince can't make himself head of creative." It's like, no, he can. Yeah. Like, um, um, because all he had to do, which is why he did make himself executive chairman. As executive chairman, he can appoint himself to any position he wants, providing the board agrees. What I think Dangle was trying to say, which is right, is if there are these management structures agreed and Vince really was just a director on the board, he's not meant to interfere. Yeah. Because then the that then because that then becomes, you know, it becomes like interference, et cetera, et cetera. But the point is, is he could do what he's done now, yeah. which is, well, don't stay as a, a as just a director of the board. Make yourself executive chairman. Make yourself part of the management structure. And you know what? In two weeks' time, if he's not happy, um, like using Triple H as a sock puppet, Make yourself head of creative. He can do what he wants. All he has to do is actually say very clearly what he's doing. Other than that, there's no constraint on what he on what on what Vince can do. He's back on the throne. He's back in power. But I mean, the thing with this though is is that he has to kind of action this towards a sale, doesn't he? He can't kind of come in, put this in place, and then do things to delay a sale. Is there not? Mm. It, do you, do you, well, can you see him do it? Do you think? Do you think that's what he's going to be? He can do. Well, the thing is, right. So they're they're saying very clearly that the sale will happen for the big media rights deal. Mm-hmm. But like, basically, you no, know, you'll get an. Because you can't sell it after that. That's the well, big kind no, well, of like, golden egg at the center of it, isn't it? You can sell it to the Saudis after a media rights deal. Like, it's, it's no skin off the Saudis' nose whether a media rights deal has been signed or not. Because they're not, they're not, they don't own a TV station or, or, sorry, they don't own a TV station or streaming service in mm. America. But the point I was going to make is, if the announcement that a sale isn't going to happen just so happened to be the same week 
where bumper TV deal is announced, then the stock price will be fine. Like the 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 the, the rumors of a sale, the the exploration of a sale getting through the next six months. I no, I I'm 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 less confident now than I was a week ago that Vince will never will, will will never sell. But if he doesn't want to sell, he can always just coincide the announcement there is no sale with NBC Universal is going to spend a billion pounds a year for WWE for the next eight years or something daft. At which point the stock will just be the same it is now. You'll find a way. It's Vince McMahon. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I will say that I'm definitely, I've been talked down off that, you know, categorical black and white is here to tunnel his way back into his you know executive chair and his big stupid dinosaur head at the back of titan towers and then he's just gonna sit he's gonna lock the door and he's just gonna stay in the building like i, I think there's more to it now i do think you know if it, he's 100 percent been working on like you know this alleged saudi deal while he's been away i believe that i don't think you know you saw stuff in the in the you know people kind of because you know, it was a pathetic it's got to be said it was a pathetic day on twitter well like you know the whole you know the winky emoji you know mm-hmm. use adjacent people being like well i know something i'm making sure you know they know something and then it turned out they didn't really know anything and like and now you've seen it go the other direction where people are like oh maybe the story was planted maybe maybe these uh you know maybe they were just testing the waters with it no like that they're not gonna test the water with wrestlingnews.net they're gonna you know they're gonna do they got they don't care about that stuff, but I do think there's probably some smoke to that fire. There's you know Vince is like I say he's not been off playing golf, he's not been off doing anything else. He's probably been chatting to the Saudis. He's probably they probably are a genuine potential party to buy it. They are a party who probably will be willing to be a patsy and allow Vince to continue to be in charge. You know, your friend you know, your friend uh, Anaz, uh, Tom Martin will said on, on his show this week he doesn't buy that because he thinks even the Saudis would, you know, with obviously their not to you know to say it his words too much, but you know that their tarnished rep. Maybe there's an argument to say the least tarnished rep. There's an argument they wouldn't want Vince, you know, there if he's also going to be a problem. You know, they would act like anybody else would act. But I think Vince has got to think. You know, they, they, they you know these are idiots. They wanted Yokozuna in the Greatest Royal Rumble. They wanted Ultimate Warrior to come back from the dead. They'll let me do what I want. They they think I'm a genius. Like a hundred percent, he's made those waves and made those moves. I I do buy the something I, to the story. I I just struggle with the whole Saudi deal mm. because a it's it's a lot of money for the Saudis. This is not the level of deal that they're they're doing elsewhere. And like th- this is a point I've been kind of banging a drum on, like. The fact that they bought Newcastle is an argument against them buying WWE because, you know, Newcastle was them buying a distressed asset, you know, know, on the cheap, you know, $410 million was what the entire consortium paid, which the Saudis are the majority of, but they're not the entirety of. Um, WWE could plausibly be 20 times that. It's certainly going to be 10 times that. You know, you're looking at 4 billion at least for WWE. If the Saudis had that much, that that type of money, why weren't they making an offer for Liverpool or an offer for Man U? Which, yeah, they weren't formally for sale um, this time last year. But, like, the feelers were being put out, as both Liverpool and Man U have admitted to um, last year. So... 
the reason is because, yes, they have a huge sovereign wealth fund, but they're doing loads with it. So they're kind of nickel and dime in each project. Also, like, what are they going to use WWE for? Like I say, like, they don't have a TV station. They don't have a streaming service. They already have, you know, the rights to have a couple of WWE shows a year. They could easily increase that for cheaper. And then if you're Vince, well, okay, let's say you do a deal with the Saudis. If the Saudis Welsh on it and fire you, what are you going to do? You can't, it's not as if you can take MBS to the state of Delaware, um, you know, courts in the state of Delaware and try and get them to uh, give you his, your position back. Mm. You'll be completely dependent on them. What my, my gut is, what people are getting confused about is that Vince wants to take the company private, right. which is why I think there is a ch- more of a chance of a sale. And what Vince is trying to cobble together is to finance to take it private, to basically buy everybody else out so he owns the company again. And and if you if you were to do that, he would need financing to do that. And you know, the Saudis would be an obvious place. When Elon Musk was talking about taking Tesla private, it was Saudi finance he was talking about using. Uh, the, the, the Twitter deal which which involved taking Twitter private must use Saudi money for as well. And so it, it, it might be that what people are getting confused about, it's not it's not the Saudis becoming the new owners of, of WWE. It's that the Saudis are going to lend Vince some money to buy WWE or Vince is going to sell the live touring rights or he's going to sell him a proportion of future media earnings so that he can have the money to take the company private and get away from all these reporting requirements, which is fundamentally yeah. what he feels has got himself in trouble. No, ignore his reprehensible behavior. Ignore the way he's been treating people. The fact that he had to report it properly and, and got caught out, mm. that's the problem that needs solved. Yeah, I completely agree uh, Agree with that. I mean, that's that's how he's always viewed it. I mean, we, were, we were saying it last week. He's like, he doesn't feel like he's done anything wrong. I mean, it's just... The speed of it. So if you think of where we were last week, as we've spoken about at the start of the show, and we think of where we are now, we are at the point where it's Vince, basically these meetings are very much Vince McMahon is back and involved. But you don't need to worry and you're trying to kind of placate staff in the way that, frankly, middle managers try to do. Like, that's what they try to do. I see that I've seen this a lot throughout my career. And that's what it feels. I've done like, it. Yeah. <laughs> it feel, and, and so you're you're trying to, like, without... You know, but he was always going to do this. This is not a surprise in any way, shape, or form. I just think the opportunities from this. I mean, there are things like how we view morale. I think the moment, like no, something, it's, it's going to be like when when the Saudis, um, you know, money took over Newcastle. All the players are going, to, all the, all the wrestlers are going to wear little armbands like the Newcastle players did, and then a month later, just forget about it. Randy Orton yeah. is going to lead a charge of comrades backstage to fight again. No, he's fucking not. They're not walking out. Sami Zayn might go. Mustafa Ali might go. That's about it, really. Rest of them, well, yeah. Take the pay rise and carry on, I, like. But also, like, because see... people got confused with Sami Zayn. The reason we worried about Sami Zayn. It's not that Sami Zayn quits, because like let's face it, he sat there like a lemon in America whilst everybody else got to go to Saudi Arabia for these big shows, yeah. and didn't say boo to a goose. The worry about Sami Zayn is that if the Saudis take over, which again, like I, look, I'll, I'll I'll eat my hat if I'm wrong, but like if the Saudis take over and become the owners of WWE, which I don't think is likely, but if they did, that they would fire him. 
Like that's the actual thing to, to be concerned about as Sami Zayn, which is what makes him a unique example because it really may hurt his career. Mm. Everybody else, they'll just carry on. Of course, they're all the wrestlers. No. As as yeah. as is seen whenever they go to Saudi Arabia, you know, you know, mm. pe- people talk a big game, and there are certain wrestlers who, who hang back home, but that's one thing, you know. And actually, actually, follow, like I say, Randy Orton is not leading the uh, the charge here. The lads backs. I just love that when rest when when fans place their like, you know, we're, we're all relatively liberal. Will be in a, a a Brexit voter aside. I know you're a very liberal, Will. Like, but people like project their liberal values on like these lads who fall on the heads for a living, and you know, listen to the Joe Rogan podcast all day. You know, it's like you're not, <laughs> you're not, your your liberal heroes don't exist in that locker room, at, or at least not to the uh, the degree people hope. They're fucking the people going to work. The people, and this is coming from me, putting food on their tables, JP. You know, that's that's what this yeah. is like. They they it, it, so. It, if there was any like you know kickoff, like it's quiet already, you know it's not happening. Yeah, I don't somehow see top dollar talking about um, you know <laughs> throwing Vince into the dustbin of history like he's fucking Trotsky. <laughs> like that's not happening. He's like from Vince no- in case he sees him back. Then. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think it'll be in your shit. Fuck off. It, I think there is going to be like inevitably there's going to be the culling. My. I wonder whether or not they'll go, look, we've booked things up to the Royal Rumble. They'll keep the Rumble as they have planned it. Because guess what? In the time he's been away, apart from, I think, one occasion, it's not this drastic fucking rewrite that there is every week of it. Just like changing storylines and whatever. That's coming back. The announcers, they've had six months off for good behavior, but it's they're back on, you know... It's it's bollocking time to paraphrase um, CM Punk. So it's that's what it's going to end up being. We're going to fall back into the old traps and habits. I just think he's going to end up watching the Rumble. The Rumble will end up being critically praised. Be the there'll be one person. There'll be one person who'll say he he hate. There'll be one person who hates it. That'll be Vince, and he'll he see Sami Zayn bloodline and just go no. Like you can take s- that chance. He's not going to take that chance. Uh, do you think it? Do you think no. I don't know. Do you think you'll hate it more? Than he doesn't think Montreal. Thing? We could a good do a good house. No, he didn't give a shit about that stuff. You don't. You don't think he'll turn up on telly? Then will he's not going to do a, a Shane O'Mac? No, no. I, I just don't think he's going to take the chance to let somebody else book the rumble. Like oh. it's, not, it cannot be a. I mean, look, there is a, there is, a, there is a point of truth. Unless this is a sound, is but even then, I'm. I can imagine there's complicating factors. There is a there is a point of truth that it, it becomes much more difficult to sell WWE after these media rights deals are done. But you, it cannot be a coincidence that he decides he has to take the company over as you enter Royal Royal Rumble season. It's like you know, let Triple H, you know, judge through the 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 the, the, the winter months when you're yeah. up against NFL. Oh, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania without Vincent Mann. That just kind of hurt his ego. I just can't think that whatever they're going to do with the Royal Rumble is not going to have Vince's fingerprints all over it because, you know, he's a pathetic man-child who can't enjoy his hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds. Hmm. Well, he's not interested in legacy, is he? That's no, all he's learned completely out of own. the window. That is not his legacy. Like, I, I know, speaking of the torch, like I've heard, you know, like, Wade make this point talking with rich like 
feels like Stephanie McMahon's had an awakening the last the last yeah. few months and years. Like she's realised who her dad is. Whether it's the allegations, whether it's the you know the fact that he's willing to you know charge through her to to get his power back. Whether he was willing to you know sack off Triple H Whoa. a couple of years ago and that led to the heart attack and all of that stuff. Like she's learned who that man is. Like she was black, clearly blind, but you know it feels like the penny's actually well. dropped there. This is the thing I wonder is what does Linda think of all of this? Mm. And where is Linda in, in all of this? And is there any role that she plays in it whatsoever? I, I can, there's massive, you know, there's whole succession style. Sorry to go on that role uh, uh, again, but yeah, That's she's not the majority, you know, it, it's, it's quite, it, it's like, there's sort of nothing there on that front really yeah. from uh, re regarding her for this. On the Steph point, because I mean, Rich said the same thing to me on the deep dive, and the point I made because like, my 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 parents are, are like independent business people, and like my dad, my dad had if my dad had one dream in his life was that for me me or my brother to go in and run his butchers, and I more I'm me because like my my <laughs> my brother my brother made it clear he wasn't interested in it, and like you know that would have been a disaster because I'd just be bad at it. But, like, and the, like this thing with Steph, like, it's not a coincidence her dream was to be chairwoman of the WWE board. That's a dream Vince has instilled in her yeah. in this, like, weird cargo court way. And, look, it's not the most dignified role in the world. It's not the most important role in the world. It's a lot of glad hand, and it's a lot of, as Robert says, giving conferences where there's no record of receiving awards, where there's no yeah. accomplishments behind. But that is the job, and she's good at it. Mm. And she did it, and I think she did a much better job um, as chairwoman than Triple H has done as a head of creative. I'd actually say, argue, that she's probably done a better job as chairwoman than Nick Connors and the CEO these past seven months. Um, and it's taken off her because Daddy wants it back. Yeah. And that's the only reason. And Daddy's okay. bored. Daddy wants his 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 toy back. But yeah. but like that's that's unbelievable. He's Will Ferrell cool. in the Lego Movie. But at the end, yes. he's not yes. interested in what his his son actually wants. He's just like, now fuck off. This is how it's meant to be. The end. That's the perfect analogy. It, it is. It is absolutely that. And it's it's unbelievably cruel because she only wants this because he made her want it, and now he won't give it to her. People all draw attention. I, like, that can't be true because she's saying such nice things in the press. She's a massive shareholder in WWE. Even if she doesn't want a sale, which I believe that news story that came out here this week, Aaron Triple H opposed the sale. If a sale goes through, she wants it to go for the most money possible because she's going to make untold fucking millions from yeah. it. So, of course, she's going to say the right things in, in press releases. Of course, she's going to do it then now forever. If you've ever been fired from a job, you, you don't gain anything from bad mouthing your previous employer because yeah. it then makes people not want to hire you and she'll want to get her jobs elsewhere at some point. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it's and you compare this with what Vince's dad did. Because, like, I mean, I don't know, not everybody listens to this will know the, the backstory, but like, Vince did not grow up with his dad. You know, Vince grew up with his mum, and it's only when uh, Vince, Vince Senior's second wife came on the scene yeah. that Vince was allowed to spend summers um, with his dad. And, you know, when it, the time came for, you know, uh, Vince Senior to retire, 
you know, he gave his you know, he kept his son more than an honest break. He, you know, like he sold his his company, the biggest, most profitable company in North American wrestling. Um, you know, at a discount um, to keep it in the family, and Vince won't even play golf and let his daughter and his son-in-law have their go at it. Yeah, I mean, I do wonder, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm choosing my words carefully here. He's had six months off. He's an old fella. Sometimes that can end up having a bit of a catch-up. That's all I'm saying. If he thinks he can go back to fucking burritos and sleeping for 45 minutes a night, like a loon. <laughs> steak wraps. Like, steak wraps, sorry. No such like, thing as a burrito think, on Vince McMahon's world. Yeah, of course it isn't. If, he, if he's going back to that and thinking, I'll I'll book it, I'll, I'll book this after a fight, you know, I'll, I'll rip up the script on the script on the day and sort things out. I just don't know how that's going to end up kind of flying. I don't know if he's got the fucking capacity to really be able to do that for any extended period of time. And I think the thing is, you'd hope with Vince, he recognises that. Because I actually, last year's WrestleMania build, he actually stuck to the plan fairly well in terms of the plan for WrestleMania. Mm. It's just the, the week-to-week stuff he kept ripping up like a loon. And you'd hope that he'd realise it just doesn't matter. Like, even if you're the one giving the orders to Triple H, just let him book Raw and SmackDown whilst you decide what the end destination is. But, like, I'm not sure. Like, I, there is an article on my, on, on mine and my then editor's, uh, hard drives that was submitted to Fanfight when Steph resigned the first time. And one of the things is there is this weird thing with Vince at the end of 2021 where he seems to have wanted to reassert himself, like he was inching towards retirement for whatever reason, and then he became on TV again. Because it's easy to forget, Vince didn't want to be on TV. Vince was like, "No, I'm too old. It's, it's. I don't want to. I don't want to be involved anymore." And then he, then he came back on TV, and then he's doing weird stuff, and then he's like firing Stephanie, and it's, it's. I. It does feel like you know the liar, the lion in winter raging against the light. You know this. He he is going to want to be as hands on as possible, and I've said this on numerous occasions. The most insightful thing anyone has ever said in a wrestling podcast in the past 10, 20 years is John Moxley to Wade Keller saying, "We all know he's going to die in that chair," because he is. That is that is the way the Vince McMahon story ends. Yeah, it's been proven this week. Unless the shareholders managed to take him down. You know, that was one of the other uh, news stories this week. There is a class action. It's not going to go anywhere, is it, Will? Um, no. Yeah. No, because, I mean, I, I mean, the thing is, like, it's, it's, worth, it's worth just bearing in mind what this is. So this, the reason it's a class action is that this is a fishing expedition to get other shareholders to join in. Right. So, like, this is somebody saying, look, this guy is behaving badly, which he is. Um, join me in this suit, and if we win anything, we all get to share it. Um, and like WWE have been battling this stuff like this for years and years and years. Um, I mean, I mean, it's something that I wrote about on my Substack, and I, I think it's something the Americans covering the story have missed because I don't think they realise um, th- this dimension. This this idea of dual class uh, shares is like a real weird thing to the Americans. Even this country, which is obviously hilariously 
forgiving and lax when it comes to regulating finance. We we only allow dual class of shares where like certain shares are worth more in terms of voting power than others. We only lo- allow that in very limited circumstances and like time limited circumstances. You couldn't do what Vince is doing in Britain, which is why I say Manchester United, when the Glazers listed that on a, on a stock exchange, they listed it in America so they could re- retain the voting power. They wouldn't, they wouldn't have been allowed to do that in, the, in this country, in the FTSE. And it's an absolute joke. You know, it's an absolute joke that you have a board of directors that is, a, that is meant to, it's legally required to act in, in the interests of all shareholders, can't just do what Vince tells it to, but if they don't do what Vince tells it to, Vince can fire them all. Like that's just absurd. It sh- it shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. No, he should he should have been made to choose in two thousand. You can sell your birthright. You can sell sixty percent of your company, um, and get all this money that's going to make you rich beyond you or your dad or your granddad's wildest dreams. Or you can keep control of the company, but you have to choose. And in America, you don't. And I and I and I and I and I really wish, you know, Brandon Thurston, Dave, John, whoever it is, would highlight that this is wrong. This system shouldn't exist. It's far more important than them blathering on about independent contractors all the time, even though all the evidence shows wrestlers actually want to stay independent contractors and don't want to become employees because becoming employees would make them more it controlled by wwe yeah i got i i can't add to that man i fuck all about business if i want to be absolutely <laughs> truthful with it like in, 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 in on on that front i'm just wondering I mean, when wwe sorry. europe's coming i assume with all of this news like that's gonna be the first thing Vince does. Oh. Back, back in office surely, we, that's coming right what the, the what the nxt europe yeah it's coming Anyone who's been holding on to that NXT Saudi Arabia, yeah, that he ends up NXT Saudi Arabia, (laughs) man, that's punishment, isn't it? Enough for that. I don't know. Like it's a, it's like, what does he do? Because he's there isn't anything he can do. But effectively, what's happened is in terms of his level of control as the person that talent would be wanting to go and see, and so much of this talent has come through NXT, so it's had that kind of hands-on influence from him. That goes like. That's one of the things I think backstage where it will there'll be a different atmosphere because there'll be a lot of people again having to deal with Vince. And it's like, well, how do you deal with him? How do you deal with someone who can't seem to function in a kind of normal way in any way, shape, or form? Because he's he's brainwashed himself. Um you know, what do you do with him? That uh, what do you do at, at that stage with Triple H? He kind of becomes what is it? He effectively just becomes someone who will pitch ideas to Vince. And then Vince will mould them, and that's and really is that when you become glorified Vince Russo? <laughs> well, it's not even that, is it? But like Triple H didn't get rid of the Asian regime when he had a chance. So yeah. like Kevin Good. Dunn's um, still there. Who who do you think Kevin Dunn's taking orders from now? Yeah, yeah. Well, he he not spoke up, didn't he? Yes, he spoke up at the meetings. All of those people should have been put out to pasture. Like they really should have been. There've been things that have held it back for like a long, long time because they're the ultimate of yes men. I mean, I think you know we're going to talk about AEW in a bit, and one of the things that I'm really enjoying about it is just that this different kind of what feels like a very much increased production 
for the first time. Like some of it's very, very subtle, but it doesn't need to be overstated. It doesn't need to be kind of wholesale radical change. The stuff that WWE has always needed for such a long time. And they've had the chance to do something about it and they haven't done it. And they haven't decided to kind of make that cultural change in the office. And I think as a result of it, you're going to find that Vince gets in on an, on an office front. He'll probably like it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It wouldn't surprise me if he hires John, uh, John Laurinaitis back. I, I've i wondered. You know that weird thing where he took the indie book in, then cancelled it? Yeah. I wonder whether he had him included into the conspiracy and was told, hey, Johnny, keep your head down. Mm. Things, things, things are developing. We don't need you drawing attention to yourself. He'll be back. Yeah. Please. What do you reckon happened to Nick Khan? Will we got any theories on him? Do you think he sticks around? Think he can he just Nick- be like ah that wrestling shit? It was what it was. It was a circus. Anyway, back to the real world. Yeah, no, Nick Nick Khan's gonna be fine. You know, like I did like people say, oh no, he was meeting with Bob Iger at uh, El Monday. Maybe he's doing something for WWE. Like, oh, he might be trying to get a life raft for himself, guys. <laughs> yeah. I, not every meeting Nick Khan has is to help WWE. He doesn't need a um, life like, raft. He's got a load of ocean liners parked up waiting for him to take, to take him off. <laughs> I mean, I, I will stress, I think Nick Khan got demoted. Um, you know, like he was he was sharing co-CEO with Steph, mm. which meant that his boss, which would be the chairwoman of the board, was effectively doing the same job as him. You've now got Vince. Vince is not sharing a role. But like Vince is Vince, and he's much more of a micromanager, and he and obviously he knows much more about the company than Nick Khan. And you've also got this really, and like, I don't think people understand just how weird it is that Vince literally put a gun to the boar's head and said, "Lovely company you've got here. Be a shame if I have to blow its brains out on the lovely carpet." <laughs> um, by by threatening, effectively threatening to veto any TV deal until he got to be made executive chairman again. Um, and, like, Nick Khan can't be happy about that. You know, like, Nick Khan can't be happy that the work he's doing um, was being held hostage by Vince. Yeah. And there is still the fact that, you know, one of the rumoured parties, one of the leading contenders for WWE, is Endeavour, and Nick Khan is not an Endeavour guy. You know, like, you know, the, you know the, in the world of PR talent agencies... There's CEA and there's what was back in the day WMG, which is now mm. Endeavor. Khan's the CEA guy. The only reason he got to do WWE's uh, rights deal, um, you know, back in the day, you know, back when they were last up, was because Endeavor couldn't do them because they owned UFC and it's a conflict of interest. Vince wanted Endeavor to do them. And I, you know, I think that it makes sense for Comcast to own WWE. It makes sense for Endeavor to own WWE. You know, if Endeavor end up owning WWE, I can't imagine they'll want Nick Khan around. So, like, yeah, I, I think this has always ended with Nick Khan leaving and going off to something bigger and better elsewhere. And mm. I can't, I can't help but think that this circus has just sped that up. And by the way, like I know he has those share options. They has to say until 2025 to vest everybody in this line of work, in that line of work has those share options that are, that they're waiting to vest. It doesn't always mean that they stay in the job because sometimes it's better to cut bait and go somewhere better. That will offer you other share options that will vest. If you stay there for five years. So like, 
when the other cars buy it all, they'll pay, they'll pay him that money back. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll find. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it in the family. Yeah, it's uh... but... <laughs> sorry, Will. I no, I've just like I, I've always thought with because I remember like Khan's actual attempts to run WWE did not go well. Like he had the big strategy of doing you no know, turning money in the bank into a super stadium show, and they had to like. Move, they had to move it to a smaller arena because the tickets weren't selling. Um, you know, like really well, come on, London. Well, <laughs> yes. Although, funnily enough, they're not going to Cardiff or Wembley for Money in the Bank. Funny <laughs> that, isn't it? Um, but so, like, Carl, you would think his time was coming to an end anyway, based on you no know, negotiating the right deal. That would be the natural time for him to leave with a big deal under his belt. So I, I'd be very surprised if he's still there um, by the end of 2024, and I would not be surprised if he's gone before 2020, the end of 2023. To be honest. Oh yeah, they'll all be gone. It would just be Vince. Triple H will be gone. Nick Khan will be gone. Yeah. It'll be Vince, Bruce Pritchard, Johnny Ace. Triple H is <laughs> going. Triple H will do what he's told. <laughs> oh, he's looking after Stephanie in hospital with a broken leg. He's, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you, you I think every, it didn't turn out to be true. Everybody has to remember what Vince put him through. Yeah. And then after he had his heart attack or his cardiac arrest, like he's there, like some lackey walking around, walking behind Vince with his head bowed as they, 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 they explored a new office mm. building in Connecticut. Like Triple H is no, I think JP was saying like Triple H is talking like middle management. That's all he is. Yeah. Like you look mm-hmm. at what What's people praise Triple H for. You know, like yeah, what what is he going to do with the rest of his life? But also, well, go come and read Rover if you want to know what he's doing with the rest of his life. Um, <laughs> but chat, yeah. <laughs> but um, if if but like, look, what is what El Triple H's achievements instead of creative? Oh, the meetings run to time. Oh, we're not rewriting the schedule. Oh, it all makes sense now. And it's like, this is like, I thought you were this great genius about wrestling trips. Where's the insight? Where's the bold thrusts? Where's the like innovative ideas? Oh, no, it turns out the guy who wrote, you know, very by the numbers uh, NXT TV in its quote unquote golden era only actually knows how to write by the numbers competent TV shows when given the main chance. He's a failure. He's a bust. And uh, the the best thing that's happened to him is Vince swooping in because, you know, even he was having to admit that maybe his ideas of, you know, bringing Hit Row back without Shane Strickland, bringing Bray Wyatt back, bringing Braun Strowman back, bringing Dexter Loomis and pushing him on the main roster, that maybe these weren't great ideas. Hey, they sold that Bray Wyatt match to Mountain Dew. That's the uh, the Mountain Dew pitch black match or something like that. Untold millions. What the year. fuck is that? <laughs> I don't think they know. There's interviews this week with Karrion Cross. Like, oh. Oh, oh, sorry, Ducky. Like, oh. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, Doesn't matter how you bring back Bray Wyatt. He's still shit, isn't he? That's <laughs> yeah, what I we've learned that. Can we just know that. that when I was listing the mediocre, forgettable people mm. Triple H brought back, I forgot Karrion Cross. <laughs> That's how mediocre oh. and forgettable he is. I forgot to list him in the role of Shane. 
There you go. And, and, and to that point, I said he was in the match and not LA Knight, which shows you how forgettable both of them are. Uh, I think that's just proof. <laughs> that's incredible, isn't it? Generic white. 2023, <laughs> LA Knight. That was the first. Who had that on the Bray Wyatt? Well, do you bring him in having feud with Roman? Oh, I don't know. You could have said something. But no. Out of vehicles to bring back. LA Knight. <laughs> that's that's what this is. This is yeah. Um, I, I mean, any any other thoughts on the on the Vince uh, succession drama over the last week? Will any other stories that uh, that piqued your interest? Before we get your quick thoughts on uh, on something else, and uh, I'll let you go. Yeah, yeah, no. So I think again, like I think or another thing, just that people may not have understood. I think it's confused a lot of people. This whole thing of Vince, you know, emailing the board, asking the board to let him back. And then he's announced with Barros and Wilson as being elected to the board. And then he becomes executive chair um, of the board. That's because the way the structure works is the shareholders, which by shareholders we mean the ones with voting power, i.e. Vince, mm. they elect the directors. The directors elect the chair. So that's why you have this weird two-step process. So like the reason why Vince is being nice to the, to the, the directors over the Christmas period, is he knows he needs them to mm. vote it, vote, vote him back in as executive chairman. Yeah. He actually can't do that by himself as um, 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 as a majority as controlling sh- uh, shareholder. He needs to you know he would have to fire the board, get a board in that would then elect him. So that's why it's, it kind of kind of came in drips and drabs, which I know was confusing people. Um, I don't know if we want to speculate about new new owners. I mean, to me, I just I can't look I can't look beyond Comcast and Endeavor. They just make too much sense. They they're both companies that could cut a load of staff from Titan Towers. WWE yeah. is quite a overmanned company because it's a weird company. You know, like there aren't mm. many independent production houses like this doing one TV show now. So there's all sorts of back office functions that you can merge in. Obviously, Comcast is already paying a fortune for WWE, and they would be able to kind of just put that towards a sale. They want to roll out Peacock worldwide. So like take UK, for example. Mm. Well, Sky is now owned by NBC um, Universal. So like... If 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 Comcast was their own WWE, that no WWE would just go back onto Sky when, once the current deal was over. Um, and 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 I think there's interesting synergies with the wider business. So now you know, look, you have the you know the unit the Universal Hollywood theme park. You know, is there stuff they can do with WWE? They've just mm. done the Mar the the Mario Land theme parks in both Japan and I think there's one in America that's opening now as well. Could you do stuff like that with WWE? Could you do like a summer residency? You know, that there, there are interesting things you can do there. With Endeavor, it's more simple. Mm-hmm. They own UFC, um, so they'll have a lot of very relevant staff members. So you merge yeah. two production units, you run a load of smaller WWE shows from the the Vegas uh, venue they run all the smaller UFC cars from now. You probably should have everything down in Florida and merge operations in Vegas. Um, so you save an absolute fortune. Endeavor would would bet bet on themselves 
to get a better TV deal than WWE could do by itself. Maybe you try and offer a UFC WWE joint. Was just thinking that joint offer. Um, so some, so one one TV company could make themselves the leader in combat sports. Um, so yeah, I I just can't see between past those two. And the thing with those two as well is Vince would be selling to people he knows and he trusts, and he trusts to have his back. Because even they've had his back in the past, as NBC Universal have, and mm. like Bonnie Hammer, or in the case of Endeavor, he's long-term friends with them, and he's seen they've had they've had Dana White's back. So yeah, I, I just can't see beyond those two, to be honest. Yeah, they're the they're the common sense kind of ways to go, isn't it? I mean, I think a lot of the other ones we talk about at the moment. I mean, it's. Spoke about it on Friday, but the world of media streaming is an absolute kind of <laughs> it's a shit show. So who who are you going to be able to gamble on? I suppose Will you know. Con- right for that. I've been hearing you uh, slam Netflix for about five years, um, and then yes. model. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Again, message board posters always right in the end. You know, just got to play play the long game on that. <laughs> oh, well, I, I predict I predicted two out. I predicted nine out. Sports last- entertainment. <laughs> I predicted uh, nine out of the last two Netflix failures. <laughs> uh, that's the business, and they've lost my they've lost my subscription as well. I've given it up finally. I was I realized what I'm paying for. What about the reason you can use it for? You know, there's more people logged in who aren't me using my account than actually me using it. God, oh, <laughs> yeah, use that money for something good, like a torch subscription. There you go, go VIP. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, while we've got you up before we let you go, then I was going to get you quick thoughts on one last subject. I was going to pitch to you and say, you know, what you think about the resurgence, or if you agree the resurgence of AEW over this last while. But I'm half tempted to just ask your thoughts on Raw 1993 because we're about to plug that too. I don't know what you wanted uh, to <laughs> give us your hot takes on Repo Man. Aussie thirty three, you know, we could throw that in. Well, I don't know. He 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 looks he looks he looks perfectly fine. I mean, <laughs> I think it's it's weird with Raw um, because thirty years ago that was, by the way, fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's Jeez. it's it's weird, isn't it? But like Raw, Raw's a less important show than Nitro in terms of the history of American wrestling, and like you can go too far with this. Like Raw was more important. No, there were more important matches on it than some of the syndicated shows we're doing beforehand. Mm. But what we think of weekly wrestling, that it really is the house that Eric built. You know, Eric is mm. the one that kind of changes the format. Um, no, to go in live, no big, no big stars going against each other on a regular basis. The approach to the editing and to the kind of how you put the matches together. You know, it's. Nitro is more important than the than the early Raws. I think obviously the cool thing about I have no chance to listen to your Patreon show, but the cool thing about obviously is it's Royal Rumble season. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, thirty one years since the best Royal Rumble. You know, nineteen ninety two Royal Rumble. We'll have a party on this week, folks. <laughs> um, IWC <laughs> Rumble. <laughs> I, I remember as a teenager. Completely confusing my English teacher and asked to do show and tell and showing the post Royal Rumble Ric Flair promo <laughs> and her thinking it the most disgusting thing she'd ever seen. But obviously, you know, like it's, it's easy to forget. And like, this is where we talk about, you know, how wrestlers just stick around more now than they used to. Mm. Flair's on top of the world in 92. 
and you know a you know less i think less than a year later because it's early jan when raw debuts yeah he's he's leaving a promotion he's losing to kurt henning um that's what's so weird about that period like doing that work so we did you know to plug we did month one on uh on the patreon looking at the first month of uh, of raw from 93 again 30 fucking years ago but that's the thing it's like flair's still around you know bob backland's coming in but then there's like hacksaw jim duggan's still knocking around you know big boss man's around earthquake and typhoon as well as like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, you know, Vincent Mann, the Raw set, you know, the, the, the entire new generation aesthetic is there. But it's like, I'll say to, to, to the lads, Will, on it when you listen to it, like there's, I will say, I, I always thought like that, that, you know, Nitro is the one that reset things. But honestly, watching those Raws and, you know, it's a bit, Rob Bartlett's fucking terrible. We've got to, we've got to say oh. that. Um, and a lot of the like, oh, we're live, we're all cooked, we're, we're live from New York, trying to be all modern and making shit jokes about, you know, uh, Mia Faro and all of that, all of that, trying to make like Mike Tyson impressions on the commentary and trying to be current. It is really lame. But then they show you a clip of like, Kamala beating a jobber on Wrestling Challenge, which is apparently last week, but it looks like it's like nine years before. You know, with the way the stadium looks and the way like yeah. you know, the grainy footage and the way wrestler looked, it it was actually you know quite kind of like oh okay, they have actually moved you know moved along a bit into like the the more like modern era. And as I uh, brought to light to, to you lads on the podcast, JP, you know, nineteen ninety three, you know, only you know three years before King Steve Austin's King of the Ring speech, you know, three years before Scott. Scott Hall goes from Razor Ramon to Scott Hall invading the, you know, WCW as part of the NWO. Only four years from uh, from the other uh, Montreal Screwjob in 1997, just to uh, to fuck with everyone's concept of time. And to put that in perspective, four years ago from now was 2019, and WWE was literally the same company. You know, Vince McMahon was in charge. Yeah, they were trying to push Drew Galloway. Um, you know. Randy Orton was knocking around, Bray Wyatt was knocking around, same fucking company. Like the the, the time yeah. aspect, that's always the thing when we go back to these. It's that fuck me, like how much could happen in the nineties between like nineteen ninety three and nineteen ninety seven compared mm. to now where it's just like within stasis, yeah, Miz is still here. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler's still here, yeah. AW was basically a thing four years ago. Fucking, you know, to the point. <laughs> well I go I go into trouble on Twitter because I, I was I, I just threw out the observation. That I don't think The Undertaker will be as well remembered as people think, because I don't think his longevity will mean as much. Yeah. Because you just could have so many people who end up with 10, 15, 20, 25 years in WWE, even if they have brief breaks away, like they'll be known as WWE wrestlers. And obviously, you got idiots thinking, "Oh, you hate Undertaker." Like, well, no, I actually don't. I I, I like the Undertaker, You're but ridiculous. it's just that thing of the. It's just that thing of you know the Undertaker. No, if you got back into, I got back into wrestling in '99. If you go back into wrestling '99, he was like the only person still around yeah. in WWF from the Hulk Hogan era, the wrestling uh, and so it's, and so it it made him seem like this mythical figure, just been there for so long, yeah. Uh, whereas now it's like, say if you were to go back, get, but getting back into this era of wrestling from 15 years ago or 20, even 20 years ago, there's actually quite a few people still around still doing stuff. Yeah. I mean, look, years you know, ago, you, Chad Gable yeah. was still a thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are now. <laughs> That's time, JP. Uh, I don't, it's terrifying. 
If you haven't had a 10 year stint there, then you've done something badly wrong, haven't you? At that stage, <laughs> as opposed to the, when we were looking at, at, at Raw, where it's just like, how long do these people, I mean, Rob Bartlett last, I don't know how after episode one, they were just even halfway Is through that episode, illegal? just get rid. I mean, I know he's not the same kind of character, but when Alex Marvez did the non-commentary on the, <laughs> on the first double or nothing, they got rid. Yeah. Just went, no, no, yeah. no. Just get Tony in there. Then they'll know what they're doing. Excalibur will get back on track and the rest of it. And he worked out all right for everyone. Um, well, what's in, interesting with Raw um, and is it's one of these last gasps of WWF's identity as a New York promotion mm-hmm. or a tri-state promotion. Oh, yeah. Because is it the first two months are in... Um, Madison, not Madison Square Garden, but the Hammerstein. It's not the Hammerstein ballroom. It's Hammerstein Studios. So like it's the the, mm. the the gimmick is it's in New York City. It's it's been recorded in a nice area, and then after after a couple of months, they take it to the arenas. They try and do something similar with Shotgun Saturday Night, yeah. which has similar yeah. results. Um, and I think, that, that I think that, and I think the last I think the last. Death uh, now for that kind of WWF is a is a New York tri-state uh, promotion was when they finally gave up the ghost of doing the the anniversary WrestleManias in MSG. Mm. You know, because they did zero, ten, and twenty in MSG, and there was that big debate: were they going to do thirty in MSG? And they were just like, no. We just cut, and I and I think that was a mistake. By the way, I I, I think they would do a gargantuan gate if they did a WrestleMania in MSG, um, based on what you'd say, likes of UFC have done in MSG. But uh, you can you can understand them not wanting to take the chance. So, like you know, now WWE, it's um, you know, it just happens to be based in in the uh, well, it's not even really based in uh, the Northeast now, is it? Because it's. No, it's, it's a Florida spit. company. That's just where they take spit. legal cases, mate. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, no, they don't. They don't even do that. They're they're, they're resided in Delaware for that. Like oh, almost yeah, all American, right. almost yeah. all American companies are. Um. Well, so, yeah. Well, like I say, if you want to, you want to hear us uh, talk more. Nineteen eighty-three raw. Me, JP, uh, Gareth, and Matty <sighs> talked. Uh, talk month one. We talked Repo Man, Kona Crush. Doink, um, all the stars, <laughs> including Rob Doink, <laughs> Doink taking the heat off a Steiner Brothers match, which I'm sure Scott and Rick took that like the pros that they are. N- Narcissus turning up as well, as well as a lot of their uh, trips down memory lane of our uh, own fandom oh, yeah. in, uh, in 1992. It might surprise you, but Headlock on Hunger. <laughs> Paul Bearer doing a Headlock on Hunger like for, for famine relief in Somalia. <laughs> That's a promo to watch. Undertaker as well. <laughs> no it, child it, should go hungry. It, it might surprise you, Benno, based on the conversation having with Rich about Sonny Kiss. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of the narcissist Lex Luger. Right? <laughs> Stands out, you know, in a post uh, yeah. steroid trial here. Somehow him and, uh, him and Scott Steiner squeezed through the uh, the testers. Same seemed to happen in WCW years later. He must have had a better quality. Well, that's because guess. they're natural, uh, uh, Benno. I don't, know what you, I don't know what you're insinuating. Yeah. You know, rest of the roster's full of like podgy tall guys like Crush and outright fat guys like Yokozuna. But yeah, those lads, those lads are clean enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, patreon.com slash grapple uh, for all of that. But yeah, we'll uh, we'll let you go. Unless you've got any comments on the hot news of the minute. Apparently, uh, everyone's going wild because there was a half a CM Punk reference on BTE. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, I think, I, I, I think, I mean, I think the, the, the CM Punk MJF 
Twitter spat kind of confirmed to me that he's probably coming That's back. Um, um, and I and the picture of Brody, Brody King, sorry, and yeah. Vince coming back. Come on, and Vince coming back <laughs> as well. <laughs> but also like the revival having this weird thing where they're being taken off TV. Um, yeah, it all feels like a big surprise where Punk and the revival attack the elite. You keep up with that every sense. week. Well, are you, are you like I don't I watch every week. I, I tend, I tend to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm like, like I think we've had this conversation before. Like I just don't like weekly wrestling as a format anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd much prefer. You were like me. You big, wanted the UFC, shows. like you know, countdown shows every two to three weeks. That type of yeah, thing. yeah. I wish they'd a... do that for ROH. I really think that is a goer. Yeah, like, you know, you could pitch that. Like it's it's a, it's the... just a big mini like like the old dvd sales you know it's an event yeah. every three weeks and we build to it and then the event happens and then we build to the next one i just know? like watching wrestling live as well like mm-hmm. so like if you had a big ring of honor show on a friday or saturday every few weeks i'd be all over there but i do feel like the fact that we still have nothing about that yeah that's not a good sign i don't know what on yeah. earth is going on i mean I... 2023 I mean... london <laughs> yeah, it's it's WWE very very again. Do they be gonna have been here twice by the time they they finally yeah. get their asses over here? Like something's something's up there. Like I don't know what's going on. But um, but no no no, it's been great. Have, it's been great on. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've been on your best behavior. Thank you, well. William. I don't know. Do you want to say he has. No, no, I'm not going to say anything to get me in trouble. I'll I'll I'll, I'll quickly plug the deep dive on Pro Wrestling Talk VIP. Um, with Rich Vaughn. Um, we, we had a really good show last week with me and Rich talking about Vince and Stephanie and, and, and everything like that. And with me, I also did a solo show at the weekend with Darren Mooney, who's an Irish film and TV critic, where we talked about Black Adam and The Rock and Warner Brothers and the MCU. And by the way, guys, Black Adam, that'd be a really bad film. <laughs> oh boy! I'm not seeing it. Yet. I tried. I tried watching it, and I thought this is shit. And I just it's turned inc- it off. I didn't pay any money inc- for it, so it's incredibly incompetent. Like, it, it, like I, I don't watch many bad movies because I tend to have like you have to really recommend something to me for me to watch it, um, and, uh, including the scary of sixty one. Um, but like. Um, I, I I just couldn't believe how incompetent it was. It felt oddly 90s, even though it was like no 90s we've ever watched. And given the fact that he had The Rock, who's a former wrestler, the fight choreography was bad. Yeah, so like if you want to watch... Yeah, yeah that, that should be a film clip at some point, watching just Black Adam and giving The Rock a good kick in, because... Rock Film Club's overdue, actually, to be fair. Yeah. We'll get yeah. you on for it. So there you go. We haven't had you on yeah, yeah. Patreon show. We'll do that. Um, but no, it's been boss having you on. We'll genuinely, like, I know... I give you a lot of grief, but honestly, one of my favourite people in wrestling no. audio. I owe... This is the highest praise I can give you, Will. Oftentimes, I'll go around to Steph's, and I'm like, oh, that cunt Coolin's on again. You're constantly at me, mate. <laughs> it's, uh, even, even Steph's got you on, you and Rich. Um, always love all your stuff over on the torch. And uh, it's always a, a learned experience where we have of your own over here. So it can be nice sometimes. Are you biggest boost here, Will? Big fan. <laughs> love having Will on. Oh, we need to record with you and Rich very soon, just so yeah. me and Rich can go off on an arse oh, yes, thing at the same also. time. Yes. Oh, we as, as you know... We'll do it's too early. Be talking too early. As I went into in the pre-show, I explained why it's too early. Well, so <laughs> JP's getting excited like uh, like Will did with Last Time. Mm, no, it's the hope that kills you. 
That's what we learn with, with football. Here's the hope that kills you. <laughs> Excellent. Cheers, guys. Thanks, Will. Cheers, Will. Take care. Cheers, mate. And also, I would like to mention another cheers to someone else. And that's yeah, Matthew, Matthew in the too. chat. Yeah. Who's, uh, who's off Japan. to Japan tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. Great time I'm assuming it. he must be going to Noah New Japan. I think and, so, yeah. And the Muso show as well. We'll be covering that next week um, when we'll, uh, we'll yeah. be unveiling um, some, uh, some big plans for, uh, for next week. Should mm. we say it now? Do you want to say now what we're doing? Yeah, let's go and say it now. Yeah, we can. Well, yeah. You know, I just did the big plug for the Patreon, so please subscribe to the Patreon. Get the uh, the month for Rano Raw. But next week, uh, we're going to be giving people a, a test, a, a taster of the Patreon. Um, obviously, you know, this week we still got some exclusive shows coming out. We got to observe this. We will be looking at the uh, the fallout of uh, the first uh, first Raws in nineteen ninety three. That'll be coming out this week. Our AW Year Review will be exclusively on Patreon this week. But if you hear us plug it a lot, and you've you know you wonder you know what what what's it like being a a patron at a at Grapple. Uh, next week, uh, we're taming it free week, aren't we, JP, on the, uh, on the Patreon? Are. Stole the idea wholesale from our friends at, uh, at Planet FPL. Um, the idea is all of the Patreon shows that normally go up on Patreon next week are going to be going out on the uh, on the free feeds. Gives uh, people an idea of what it's like. I We just bombard you with, with stupid amounts of content. Um, <sighs> but we'll be doing Spotlight on Monday live. Uh, everyone will have mm-hmm. access to, uh, to watch that. It'll be me, you, um, Gareth and Matty, where we'll reveal... Um, some uh, our dealers' choice uh, picks for uh, for February. We'll be uh, forcing each other to watch certain things in February, so you'll get to uh, to hear us do that. We'll also be talking uh, our uh, our ballots for the uh, the top uh, matches of uh, of 2022, among other things. You'll have the daily updates all week. Um, so me uh, me or JP uh, will be doing a quick uh, five ten minute. Uh, I say five ten minute ten minute normally. Um, audio yeah. where, uh, where we round up the news uh, each day. That'll be landing in, in your feeds as well as our uh, famous uh, Grapple Weekend show. Where we uh, we go through the uh, mm. Big Friday Observer Day news and uh, and preview the weekend's action as well as our uh, main Patreon bonus show that week, which will be a. Uh, Chosen by our, our current patrons, a, a flashback episode looking at a Royal Rumble. We haven't decided which one yet. We're going to give that out to the patrons. But yeah, that's going to be uh, happening next week. A little bit of a, a celebration for uh, for, for, for uh, two years of, uh, of doing the yeah. patron JP. Going into February and going into Dealer's Choice Month where we're, uh, we're all going to be uh, holding each other uh, over a ledge and having a, having a great time. Um, forcing you. I'll be forcing Matty to watch wrestling with uh, with basketball hoops. You'll be forcing us to watch Rewatch Gaya Girls. Uh, no, we don't know. We're going to reveal those choices next week right. yeah there's going to be uh, yeah. a lot of fun stuff going on, on on the patreon so yeah a little bit, little bit of a taste there for people there and then like i say patrons are we getting uh, some exclusives as well yeah exactly and and you know uh it gives you a chance to kind of i'm just looking through the sheer amount if you do subscribe to the patrons now the amount of audio that we have not only upcoming but going back into uh, the past it's a terrifying like a amount today. We've done over when I, when two years did the daily update for patrons today and i was like oh yeah so um we just put the uh, the raw month one out also we're going to be doing observe this week also we're going to be doing our, our half year at aw in review so mm-hmm. get that fucking listen you bastards by sunday because um, then it's fucking free you've all got your homework come on <laughs> yeah we do t- you yeah, probably do too much but you know uh, hopefully and then somehow we've got to watch the the noah show well that's going to be fun if we're going to get matty to watch noah then i think next <laughs> week is a fucking Great week. That'll be a way to that. celebrate two years. That's kind of says, wow, it's been two years of stuff. And 
a ridiculous yeah. past 500 shows i think at this point on the uh, on the patreon so yeah we've got oh, to operate yeah. it the right way um and obviously our yes. patrons will be uh will be doing a, a town hall as well to uh to talk about yeah. the, uh, the podcast and the patreon at this two-year point what you want more of what you want what you want uh less of so mm-hmm. we're always uh interested in that feedback so yeah look forward to uh to what's uh going on next week but yeah in the meantime jp we've got a couple of other topics to uh to hit mm. um yeah um actually will was fucking professional wasn't he? great great uh great work he was um we've got the uh, the impact pay-per-view and aw to talk about but uh, i don't know what you want to what you want to hit first do you want to do the impact pay-per-view quickly and then spend the rest yeah aw uh, i do yeah because i have to admit i thought i only got it in today so i thought oh this is going to be a bit of a chore and i have to say i was pleasantly surprised we wondered if this was going to be the show that ended the streak of the good kind of pay-per-views and I think, you know, it's not the best one that they've done in recent times, but I thought it was uh, it was bloody enjoyable. I think it's like, you know, we, we went into this hard show. No, no, no. I, maybe I don't feel as strongly as you. I do think it lagged a little mm. bit in the middle. But I think what it, it did have a good structure. Like, I like that, you know, the ended with the, mm-hmm. the big Mickey James match, which, by the way, retirement, well, quote-unquote retirement match, which I ruined for myself on the Daily Update today, by the way, JP. Like, I honestly... Just assumed that she lost, and then I read out the results for patrons. I went, "Thank God she won!" What? <laughs> and I, I, I've just, I managed to just see it before we uh, we went live tonight. I was, go- I'd seen everything on the show to that point as well, and I'd seen mm. that. So, oh well, ruined it for myself. But like, I thought, I thought it was well put together. I think the idea of, I think honestly, I think Bully Ray in a world title match is a turn off rather than a, a, a point to mm. buy at this point. And I, and I, I think you know. F- that's the thing that the good TNA does, you know, I could call them TNA. They probably should with some of the production gaffes on this show. Impact does is often outweighed by the bad because you'll have like, you know, Josh Alexander is a bright spot. Speedball Mike Bailey is a bright spot. Jordan Grace is an unbelievable bright spot. And this really nice yeah. Mickey James story is as a great bright spot. And then it's kind of ruined by, oh, where's Tommy Dreamer wandering out? Oh, where's Bully Ray? You know, all these ghosts of ECW's past that for some reason, you know, Bully Ray's got the power to uh, to bring in. But there's always enough good there to enjoy. I did think this, like I say, this was one of the shows where I did think it was a slog in the middle. But I think the, out, mm-hmm. the good outweighed the bad and, you know, lots, lots to be positive about. I, I'll, I'll say one big thing. I, I love the way they opened the show with the uh, the Don West tribute. I thought that was really nice. However, they did TNA. Did you, did you, could you hear Josh Matthews? Did you hear Josh Matthews doing a countdown? <laughs> yeah. Countdown. I heard him more, more than once. I mean, I should I make light of it. It's supposed to be a nice moment. And, you know, it's really sad, Don Mustard, as we talked about, you know, two weeks ago. But I don't know. Is there a more fitting TNA moment than to uh, ruin a 10 bell salute by you being able to hear production counted out and, uh, and talk all over it? Mean, oh, dear. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's very them. It shows you the kind of things that these weren't the kind of production snap foods that they hadn't there was a period of time when they weren't doing them that were kind of on it for that but yeah. there were things from a production level where you can really tell they've cut back yeah and i'm assuming josh matthews is entirely like in control of that and kind of direct directing it but i kind of want to go really onto the structure for this because it wasn't the usual i mean i'd feared the worst coming into this because of bully ray being against josh alexander I spoke about this on the weekend show the fact that mike bailey wasn't featured in on the pay-per-view at all was like kind of slightly baffling to me but i think got a big match on like the TV o- show this week hasn't he instead they're doing yeah Kenny King. yeah there but again i don't know if is, is that worth it is there enough kind of juice on it because i think this is ultimately where they'll like it's not that week to week that's gonna 
almost set out how the company's going. It's these shows give us an idea on a monthly basis. How, we, how is Impact doing? What are they doing well? What aren't they doing well? And I think overall, like you say, changing that structure around opening with Josh Alexander Bully Rope, which I think I shot myself. I went 3.75 on this. I wasn't because- sure, Annie. I don't know. I get, I got what they were doing, you know, the bully ray bullshit. Oh, he has to do the bullshit and uh-huh. the hardcore to keep up with this young boy. I thought that was a good story in principle. I don't know if I enjoyed it being told. Tommy Dreamer coming out and I... doing the fake turn and then helping Josh Alexander. Oh, yeah. I might be a bit lower than you. That was were. shit. Yeah, but and I know I can imagine if people went like lower than three on it. I think the way I felt about this was I wanted to see some. I was like, okay, right, what is Josh Alexander going to do here? That's possibly the fo- person to focus on because, and what it was was about showing him in a different light. So for once, he was doing you know he's bleeding within like the first kind of minute, and he's gone through a table straight away, and it did wake the crowd up in terms of that, like getting the early crowd involvement, having a match that could happen. And then you could have a bit of settle down time afterwards, but it felt like kind of a big way. ECW. So I know you mentioned about ECW castle. This is the kind of thing ECW would do. Like yeah. it wouldn't always be like a Taz, like kind of headlining a pay-per-view. You might open the show yeah. with them. Um, it also kind of, I, I don't know, it, it felt like a positive as well. Like you watch it, if you're watching this live, Bully Ray's out first there, so he's not winning the title. Lads, great news. You could kind of relax yeah. and enjoy the show. <laughs> he's, that's he's how I felt. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know, but I was like, oh, that's nice. He's not winning it in the opener. He had the bullshit that was in it, but he ended up tapping to Josh Alexander. And I think, you know, you've, you you put good. that beside it. And I think that's good. If I mean, that ultimately, that if it means anything in 2023, I suspect it kind of doesn't. But what it does is it's the whole idea of, I think, of just adding different things to Josh Alexander's reign. Yeah. So he's had a reign which has been made predominantly kind of like very good matches, obviously, you know, very good to excellent matches. And the most kind of traditional storyline thing, I suppose, that we really had with it was the Moose stuff. Yeah. And, it was a bit of a callback to here, wasn't it, with his wife yeah. coming out at the end. And so I, I get what you mean, because like it is like there were there were good visuals in this, you know, Josh Alexander falling off the uh, the ladder onto the tax from the outside of the ring inside of the yeah. ring. I think I've seen that before. Thought that was cool. Um and yeah, you know, the visual of him, you know, getting the ankle lock among the, the rubble to uh to pay it off, plus the you know, the big splash off the ladder into the uh mm-hmm. into the ring as well through the table. Uh, there was stuff there. It's one of them, it's like it's not gonna be the thing we rave about from run but you know there's, there's definitely positive saying like i say you know with bullshit he went over clean and it's over i think that's probably yeah. the main takeaway from the opener um but yeah like, like i said i go 3.25 on it wouldn't go go as high as you but I, not like i hated it um and it was in the right this was the main event they, they put it on last i'd be complaining i think i think the fact that yeah. it was the opener like you say made it made it worthwhile and it gave space for the proper main event, which was, you know, the uh, the Mickey James match at the yeah. other end of the card. If we're talking the two, you know, biggest things on the card, um, I thought that was really well done. I thought, you know, Mickey yeah. Mickey coming out with the, you know, the uh, the Native American, you know, um, 
outfit and the entrance and the drummers and all of that stuff and playing up the fact that she's never really you know leaned into that that heritage at any point in her career you know she went from cheerleader to trish stratus stalker to country girl um it's never really been uh, part of her, her presentation but i thought that was nice um i think that the stuff they did through the night as well where they had like you know raven turning up and they had and we'll talk about him in a bit i'm sure <laughs> and victoria and people like that you know build up genuinely they did such a good job of making you believe this was really her last match the only thing they didn't do unless i missed it nick aldis being that not being there felt like a red herring it was like well if this is really her last match surely he'll be knocking around um unless yeah. i missed it and i was you know i blinked no, I didn't. something i don't think he was actually there but outside of that i bought it Hook, line, and sinker. They, they went heavy on the video packages. They went heavy on the emotion in the match. Jordan Grace played a role to a T, being the like, listen, you know, I'm also, you know, I'm not here. I don't want to retire you, but I'm going to have to if I want to keep my belt type of situation. Thought she's brilliant. Like the way she, she's a star. She's the way she carries herself. You know, I'm not going to go into, oh, she should be in AW conversation because, you know, not everyone sh- needs to be. And, you know, she might not get the book in. That she gets in impact at mm. AEW. I mean, if you're Tony Khan, maybe you should make that move. But it's kind of cool that she's like the ace of a, a division over over here, and she felt every bit of it. And it felt to me like that was the inevitable story that she was going to go over. Nikki was going to cry afterwards, and we were all going to move on. But yeah, surprise, surprise, they had uh, they had Mickey go over. Um, she celebrated uh, at the end of it, and it was yeah, just a a nice moment to to end the rest yeah. of you like that you know the zone like you say impact of a limited and what they can do and you know what they can provide as a fourth level alternative wrestling company but they can give you little moments like this that other people aren't doing and yeah i'm actually interested in seeing where this story goes next yeah i think so i think the first inkling i had that something might be up was the way that masha slamovich won the number one contenders match i kind of went she's just lost the last two matches to Jordan Grace. So are they going to have to have a win in order to have have the credibility? But that means, oh, why are you having Jordan Grace beat Nikki, um, beating Mickey James? And then I went, ah, stop you just being a bollocks and overthinking it. And so I then sort of went along quite happily with it, expecting it to be the kind of big emotional match. But I thought it was a match. It was very, very good because Mickey James can still go and still is like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, she's. You know, there's a point where she is a veteran, but she hasn't overstayed her welcome necessarily. It wasn't like Bully Ray winning the title, where it's like, oh, for the love of God, it's like Mickey James still offers something. And if this leads to like an angry Jordan Grace going, right now, I'm going to retire you. And then you've got Masha Slamovich, you've got the character aspect that could possibly come out with Jordan Grace that you need to have mm. in order for it. It's like been a series of great matches, a kind of kick ass persona. But there is the personality part to kind of really add into the mix. And I think that's where they're going with this. And then if you're leading up to, I don't know whether you want to do it, the Rebellion show in in Toronto, which I think, yeah, you might well end up doing it there where you can have a much bigger deal. You can have it on pay-per-view as well. But it also will probably end up meaning that, that this, you know, with Mickey James in this kind of run, like I would, wouldn't mind Josh Alexander having a very good match as an opener and these kind of being the main event because the crowd were massively into this as well, I have to say. And I thought, yeah, I, I watched this. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I kind of thought there was a, there was the weird bit as well where you kind of think she's tapped. And I imagine you can play that up in storyline 
Yeah. Even if it's just, she's just trying to grab something and then it ends like up that. like kind of. I like that stab- plausible I think, deniability. It was like yeah. the were playing it up because that protected Jordan, but also gave a reason for you know to continue this on and do the rematch. You know, at the, at the next yeah. possible point. I thought that was a good storyline beat as well. What well, did you go in it? Because I went four stars. I thought it was like a, a really nice sort of piece of business. I think for, to I was literally- paraphrase you. Loading up the app on my phone right now um, to throw my uh, throw my rating in. I didn't do it live. Shame me. Um, but I was going for the, the average is sitting at three point nine. Um, yeah, and I was hovering between three point seven five and four. So that kind of that kind of makes sense. But yeah, a nice four star main event. When was the you know last time you saw a four star uh, women's match in AEW? I can't remember. Um, you know it was uh, it was very yeah. very 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 strong and a had a great way to uh, to end the show. And that's the thing, uh, you know. Uh, I think the, the 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 quality of the Docklands division does get overblown a bit because there are also some there's some shite in that division too. Yeah, in fact, not even some, is. a lot of shite in that division too. But the what, but you know, your Jordans and your Mickeys of the world, uh, you know, are that level, you know, above. Um, and you do, you know, it's like it's again, it's quality maybe over quantity in in some ways. Uh, with their division. Mm. Um, any comments on the rest of the show? I'm excited to see Frankie Kazarian turn up, mate. Um, I kind of like that. I think, you know, he's not getting, I on, did. A- he's not getting on AW TV, is he? So, yeah. you know, like he said, there's pro- promo that was interesting when he said about, um, you know, everyone's felt like strangers backstage at AW too, and he knew when to leave. Here's a man, Frankie Kazarian. I said that on the Daily Update today. You know, remember when he went to WWE and there was a like, controversy over him? They wanted him to cut his ponytail, and it wasn't for him, so he just binned it off. It's like, fuck this, appearing on superstars and uh, and shotgun Saturday night. Yeah. I'll, I'll fuck this off. I'll go. I'll go back to TNA. You know, he's a man who, uh, who he's a bit like Christian. You know, follows through on these. Uh, on these little risks and stuff. I mean, yeah, good for him. Nice little pickup for Impact. He'll have a nice little role yep. in the undercard. He probably shouldn't get on AWTV at this point with their starting roster. I think he's a, he's a nice little uh, addition, full-time. There's no space, and within TNA history, he means something in terms of his X-Division run, his world title run, tag runs, and stuff like that. To be honest, he's been the kind of... I, I hated the Elite Hunter stuff, oh, obviously. It was awful. Didn't work Absolutely for you. Awful. Why do you think it was going to work for him? It did. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's who my mind went to. I was like, this is awful because you don't sympathize with them as well. And you don't, they're not remotely credible. But obviously he had a cracking match with Josh Alexander. How many, how many times you did know? he come out on Dynamite where you were like, who the fuck's that? Oh yeah, that's Frankie Kazarian. Frank like, Kazarian. It happened so many times. <laughs> there is like, he would basically, his role in AEW at this point in time, if you're going to look at it and be critical and go, right, you're going to basically be here as a coach. If not, you're going to be working primarily dark, or we might team you with a young guy at some point. Yep. Whereas in Impact, you can get a bit more juice with him, whether that results in... And, and if the idea is him in the mid-card, that's perfectly fine, because he's going to have good matches. You can put him in there with a Steve Macklin. And I'm not saying it's like a charisma fest necessarily, but you're going to have, you're going to have someone who can get good matches out of younger guys. And that's absolutely fine, but you could also put him in there with a moose and have a storyline go there. There's, there's, the it just makes that mid card that's that little bit better from a quality perspective. Yeah, it's like most city machine guns, you know, the 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 tag team champions yeah. right now. But it's not they're not you know killing it like they were in 2011 or whatever it was. They are veterans who are helping you know the next generation. There, I mean, they're the type mm-hmm. of pickups you want. You don't want a uh, Santino Morella who's uh, coming as the. Uh, 
I don't know, director of fun or whatever the fuck his job is. Um, horrendous. That's How not... did he get to keep the name? Oh, oh, that, was he I... using that on the Indies beforehand? Because I wondered. Oh, that maybe him and Vince have got a... Maybe he knows where the bodies are buried at the red carpet in Connecticut. I don't know. Oh, he's uh, talked his way into that. I thought that was, that was a negative. That's the type of name I don't think you want to... Um associate yourself with i thought raven coming in for the pay-per-view was fun i thought he offered i know you hate him mensa raven no i thought on commentary he was hilarious he was you wouldn't steph said this to me like you wouldn't it'd be a bit like you know some of the uh some of the aw commentary sometimes where it's like okay but it was for the whole show you wouldn't you know you wouldn't want this but i'm coming in and just like doing like you know we talked about rob bartlett on those roars doing bad comedy over over matches and ruining the matches and calling yokozuna yokozuma and uh you know making fat jokes and not really understanding what's going on raven kind of Sinead o'connor references but with bobby heenan in what yeah. the fuck is that about raven kind of did that here but not in his mm. you know and he was obnoxious but it was for one match it was for the gimmick you know ladders and tables and bullshit match so it was fine um i i had i had a good laugh at some of his uh his wise cracks during this did yeah i was trying to think there's one we called them tom and jerry didn't they and common jerry wasn't it common jerry (laughs) common jerry um and he was he didn't necessarily say too much but he did seem to kind of enjoy it because he was just like body and going that was great like just for this for this Rich Swan, Steve Macklin, Fools Count Anywhere in Atlanta. Did he, did he mention Mensa or? Didn't mention how clever he was. Sally mentioned he was a Marine, <laughs> which, again, what? my natural inclination is to think bull and shit. <laughs> like, yeah, because he was saying, oh, Macklin's a Marine like me. And I thought, you were a fucking Marine. All right, okay. <laughs> I'll believe it when there's when I see evidence of it. So, like, it could easily be true. My first instinct is to assume he's a liar. And then like every go one from of his there. shoots ever, basically. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> any any quick thoughts on the other matches on the show before we go on to AEW? Um, go um, to your friend, by the way, folks. If you're <laughs> if you're impacted, <laughs> we check in once at once a couple of months or so. You know, see what's going on. Was the X Division title match wasn't on there? The Black Taurus Trey Miguel. Am I wrong? Did that that wasn't on there at all? I didn't. No, see it wasn't. Not on the what? Which I, I, I did one. Um, no, I I went three point two five. On the Falls Count Anywhere match, it was kind of fun for what it was, and they were throwing themselves about with a bit more gusto. But it was, you know, it was what it was. Um, I thought the the knockouts number one contendership like was kind of interesting because I think Slamovich is the person who's clearly like the cut above the others, certainly like in ring, and feels like someone that you want to get in there with Mickey James as well. Because I think you know Mickey James will be able to get a good match out of a. You can have a lose to that and then build his kind of like Jordan grace there afterwards. I thought that was, that was kind of like, um, I thought that was fine, but like you say, he was, I mean, Joe Hendry Moose was a fucking slog. I won't lie. Like that was, it feels like a waste of Moose. Like I find the entrance cringe. He's big. I mean, he's fine. He should be on the holiday camps. Like I I just, Mm. you know, talking about being a pros pro and a good hand and a, you know, and, and calling the wrestling the job. Like he should be, he should be going back and forth with uh with those types of guys. Like that's what he yeah. should be. Like I just he, yeah, he, he's good video editor, you know, and a good person to have on your roster, I suppose. From that point yeah. Too, but, oh no, apps. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was I was kind of looking at the other. I mean, I don't know what you thought about Jonathan Gresham, Eddie Edwards. I thought it was a good match. Yeah, I didn't go okay. bizarre. Like the app is a lot higher than. I mean, I was like. um I went three and a half because I thought it was a good, well wrestled match. I was surprised Eddie Edwards won because mm. it we just felt. Seven, but then it was weird on the app. That's, that feels but then, high. 
it does. And I, like, if you think about like, kind of, this is where I was like some of the down parts of impact. Cause then after this PCO comes back, who is exactly the kind of person who they don't need at this stage. I don't know what he offers or anything else, but coming back, you know, you've just signed Jonathan Gresham. You've got a rumble run 30 years later. And he doesn't li- run any of them rows. Yeah. Really can't look like, <laughs> exactly. Jumpy That's what he should be doing. Come out as that. <laughs> yeah. It'd be better on raw than yeah. he would on impact, but it's just, he doesn't offer anything. Certainly like, and you just have Eddie Edwards go over Jonathan Gresham, who we've just signed. And you think, well, you know, and I thought actually they might have Gresham go over. So in order that he can have one of those kind of matches with Alexander, that's a very good match on pay-per-view, but it sort of racks up another good title defense for Josh Alexander. But so I was slightly surprised, but then it was like all building to a PCO comeback. But like I say, I, I didn't find the middle of the card, like it sagged. There was stuff like that wasn't really around three stars, like the, the tag matches and, and the rest of it. But on yeah. the whole, I think some of it was probably taken through by the, crowd being quite enthusiastic yeah. for, for, for the parts of it that really mattered. It will. So that's it. Yeah, the people who were there are massively into it. And there's, you know, there's lots of talent on the card. I didn't think there was much going on with the women's and one contender match, but, you know, I'm a fan of Deanna Parazzo. I'm a fan of Kayla Kelly, you know, Massive Samovich has obviously mm-hmm. got, got something to offer, you know. There are pieces there that, you know, that do make this mm. a promotion where parachuting in. Um, you know, every couple of months, it's kind of say the same thing every time. I think this was on the lower end of the 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 pay per views we've kind of watched over the last year or so, but there was still plenty there to kind of enjoy, especially if you're liberal and you're skipping through. Yeah, I would say that's that's the kind of thing to take about. I mean, I, I, at the very start of it, I said actually, like, I still think it carries on that run. Like, this is still a good. When I'm talking bad impact slash TNA pay per views, like when it gets bad, it gets. It's unwatchable. Yeah. And it wasn't anywhere near to that. Like, it's perfectly like, there's people who come in and I go, oh, Christ. Like, yeah, another nostalgia run, like a Santino Morella and the and the rest of it. And you kind of look and go, why is Heath here? Like, really? What's he doing? Well, you got Matt Cardona. Have him as a dickhead heel. Like, you know, it's kind of like, it's it's worked on the Indies. You can get something out of him there as well. So, I mean, there's stuff they don't, they don't do it perfectly, but they're not being incompetent. They again are like kind of okay. These are the pieces we've got. We're going to put together sort of decent enough products, and then be able to kind of say, "Look, this is what we've got," and we're always going to have a couple of matches that are going to be in the good car- uh, category, uh, sort of up to and around four stars. Well, speaking of good matches, JP, should we get into AEW? <sighs> Got a bit of time. Fuck me. To talk about this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and TV for AEW. It's on a Monday as well, so it feels uh, that little bit fresher. Um, obviously, mm. uh, most of our audience, I imagine, watched on, uh, on Thursday into Friday. We've got, uh, got another, you know, relatively uh, big dynamo come on Wednesday. But this was the this was the big one um, being built to at the, uh, at the forum. And, yeah, I mean, from an in-ring point of view, probably one of the better dynamites of all time. There is a clear mm-hmm. lag near the end of the show, which we can uh, which we can talk about. But mm-hmm. I mean, start with the positive. I thought like yeah, there was. I don't agree. With, you know, Meltzer going five on the main event. I might make another video on YouTube. Is this a five star match? No, is the answer. It'll be a quick video. Um, no. <laughs> subscribe to us on YouTube, by the way. Trying to get those numbers up. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there'll be more stuff there. I promise. Um, yeah, that was good. 
you know, a little bit rushed mm-hmm. for the time, but very good. In fact, good, good probably doesn't do it. Not five stars, maybe, maybe in the four star range, but that was great. You are four point two five. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair enough. I think Hangman, Hangman, and Mox had a fucking banger of like a just a hard hitting <laughs> fight of a match with a great finish. Which until I, like, I'd listened to a bit of uh, audio earlier in the night, that kind of tipped me off to the fact that oh yeah, Hangman's probably going over here. I didn't really think about. Massive victory for Fangman. Anyone Mox losing on TV is something you yeah. don't see. So that was fucking cool. And then you top it off with Takesta versus Danielson in a match that felt a little bit hamstrung by the lengthy MJF promo that went before it, which I did think was a bit of a low point. I'm not sure on this MJF character right now of just dragging out these promos and you know doing bad comedy material on B-list celebrities and making Takesh to stand there for ages and kind of just making the atmosphere a bit weird when he sprinted away from uh, from Danielson in a kind of a cartoon way to end that segment. And I was going into the match going, oh, I don't know, the crowd don't seem this into it. I probably forgot JP, it's two of the best wrestlers in the world. So yeah, they actually yeah. then had a fucking amazing match um, yeah. that, that kind of pulled everyone into it. You know, Danielson was raving afterwards about Takeshita. It made me want to see them go at it again. Do a, never mind Danielson having different opponents every week. As much as I'm enjoying them, you know, wrestling fresh people, let them do a best of fucking seven series. I'd love that. Like, those three matches put together, they're all, you know, four-star range plus matches on a TV show. You know, it's like, I, I heard Alan talk about it on the torch um, this week. So we're giving the torch a lot of love this week. But like, you know, there is a there's almost a point with with modern wrestling, especially with AEW. We almost take it for granted how good the wrestling is when we do our AEW year in review. I'm sure we will. We'll be like, yeah, the wrestling's good, but anyway, you know, this production gaff on Rampage or whatever. Gotta kind of take a step back sometimes and be like, fuck me, there's so much good wrestling happening that we're not even digesting it, like Alan was saying on his show. And like, this show had three three matches that like in in a, in a world where AEW didn't exist, we'd be talking about them at year end, like. They were all, you know, maybe not five star matches, but notebook matches to say the least. All on this one TV I, show. It may have been the moment I went a, a wild four and a half stars for Danielson Takeshita. I fucking loved this. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I thought it was phenomenal. Hmm. And like you say, you had four, actually, three matches, each of which completely delivering in the ring. Yep. in their own ways. Even if I felt like, I mean, obviously for Paige and Moxley, if this means I, I took it as Moxley gets to have his holiday that yeah. he didn't get a chance to have before or his break. And you have the rubber match at, um, so. yeah, yeah at, at, um, at revolution, which is a perfectly, that's what you want your semi main event to be as in, all right, who's ever's winning that main. We're going to get, we're probably going to get one of these two, which is, I'm good with that. So it really did deliver and it carried on like the overall theme, I thought, of really like good, well-structured dynamites that look good as well. I mean, I think, it, you know, the, the, the rating, whether or not that's able to kind of hold up or, or anything else there, I mean, I don't know, but obviously it was well up in terms of nine, I think it was it 967,000. Didn't hit the magic million, but I don't know. Keep the quality up; that'll come. It did, and then we can we can have the argument, and I think there probably is an element of substance to it about whether people are waiting for Mercedes Monet to turn up, and that's why it managed to maintain that audience. I think it fucking helped putting on a cracking show. Yeah, 
Yeah. I don't know if that always explains the peaks and the, the troughs for all of it. Oh, because no. normally, like, we've seen a line that's, like, very much decreasing. And by the end, you're down to the hardcore sort of 750, 800,000 who are always going to watch it. Yeah. And instead, I mean, what you have. Hmm. Yeah, there's always an element of that. Like, there's always, always got to be that. But I don't even want to get too lost in the, in the rating stuff. I, I honestly, I think mm. we'll talk about that when we do the year in review with Gareth. Yeah. I, it's an obviously relative, you know, relevant thing to talk about. But, like, I don't know when the quality is this good. I almost want to go, you know what? Let's see where, where this is in a month. Let's just, mm. enjoy, I'm not going to be the shut enjoy. up and enjoy, and enjoy things guy. But, like I say, Dynamite has turned a massive corner for me this this last month or so. Like mm-hmm. the, I have less of those nitpicks probably because I'm en- I'm just enjoying the show a lot more. You know, I am the 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 quality is well, better. The the ta- like you said the 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 structure of the shows is tighter. Yes, there's still those little repetitive elements you get. Um, but you know, the one from we haven't talked about, we'll talk about the Mercedes Monet thing again in a minute. But you know, this show also had an all-time great promo from Adam Cole on this show too. Like, Adam Cole. Oh, who, yeah. He does this all the time to me, OJP. I'm going to be cautious with my words because I I think I'm down as a as a, as a not an Adam Cole guy. I think that's probably written in the, you know, in the same way that uh, the Christian and uh, maybe not quite a William Regal level, but, you know, there are guys like that that just up for mm. me. And Adam Cole never has been. And then there are moments like this where I watch him, like when he debuted for AEW, when I'm like, Fuck me, this guy's a star. Fuck me, this guy. You know, push him. I, I was wrong. He should be a top guy. And then he settled in and I maybe didn't enjoy him as much. But I think a big part of what I didn't enjoy about Adam Cole, and I think it is, it's, it's always been an under-discussed thing. You know, he comes out, gets all his catchphrases out, he does all his baby face pops, and then he tries to work heel. And, you know, people will say yeah. that's because he works better as a heel. This is the Adam Cole I want to see. So, like... You know, and everyone always mentions it about him. It's the reason he gets, you know, everyone loves him. You know, from the young books to CM Punk to the point. Like, he is a lovable, nice man. Like, you watch his Twitch streams, you see an interview with him. He is completely different than the character he tries to portray on TV. And maybe that's part of what I don't like about him. That it does feel forced and it does feel phony when people boo him when you know they really like him. Like... This is the Adam Cole I want to see. Like, you know, it was real. It was touching. It was emotional. Yeah, he did the bait and switch with the, ooh, I've got some good and bad news stuff. But that kind of added to the drama of the promo as well. And I was watching this going, fuck me. Like, I didn't even consider, you know, as much as I've been enjoying Dynamite the last while, we haven't, you know, I didn't even consider the fact that Adam Cole was due to come back. Like, it didn't really register me as an important thing. And here he is back now. An upper mid, up, not even upper mid card, upper card to main event level guy who feels fresh, who's going to come in as a baby, could work with a heel like a, I don't know, a swerve or somebody. Like, sign me the fuck up. Like, that's, like, genuinely yeah. exciting. And, you know, a nice story to boot, you know, the real life stuff and the fact that he's cleared after some scary months and stuff. Like, what a, sh- like, you know, obviously it's a, you know, it wouldn't be a spotlight without me shoehorn and CM Punk in, but, you know, obviously Punk's the return I want as far as adding star star quality to the yeah. top of that card. But Adam Cole's a guy I didn't even think about that could add oh. star quality to the top of that card and, you know, add an extra heavy-duty match to, to pay-per-views and such and feel yeah. massively fresh in the, in the process. Sorry, I'm just raving about Adam Cole. Go ahead, Jake. No, <laughs> which is weird uh, in and of itself. I'm not sure it's like we've ever done. Christian, um, fantastic. Nah, I've sorry, well, Christian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Happy to have our, our, our minds changed on, on, on these kind of guys. But it was very, very clear, just Adam Cole, Adam Cole as, a, as a face. I was like, oh, thank God. 
Like it just makes sense. Then, you know, he gets his baby face pops and that's kind of what you want. And also it had to be noted that when he did headline against hangman page, do you know what? He really did like, you know, it, it did good numbers. This wasn't something like where it kind of like, now I know for AEW shows, it's not based around a main event because it's more about an ensemble than it is necessarily just about one particular person. That crowd has always fucking reacted to him. And it's a different name. It's just someone else bringing it into the mix, which adds that little bit of depth. Like I say, it's him and Swerve Strickland in a bit of a few, we're not trying to make it convoluted with loads and loads of other people. You don't need to tack Kyle O'Reilly onto this. In any way, if when Kyle O'Reilly's back or whatever's happening with him, you don't need to tack the elite into this sort of stuff. You can just have it be a fucking feud. And, you know, it was, like you say, it was a nice moment. It was someone coming back. You know, you kind of thought, okay, well, good news and bad news. And you're like, all right. And I'll do the good news first. And I I personally thought you never do the good news first. Hmm. Do the bad news first. Let's get the fucking dark (laughs) shit done. And then we'll have the little, like, you know, sweetener at the end of it all. But it was, yeah, it was it was a good moment. It's a, it's a kind of a little extra boost. Like, they have had a lot of people out with inju- injuries across the board, but that's someone else coming back who, like you say, adds a bit of depth. He needs to feud with someone good, is all I'll say. Like, it should be a swerve-level guy. It should be, a, you know, even if it's a heel that's maybe not top-level, you know, a guy that's near that level like it can't be you know oh and now he's feuding with some lawyers over some contracts or something like that you know yeah. let's not do that <laughs> let's give Outcome him Sanjay Dutt yeah. with fucking Jarrett and Lethal and you're like no 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 maybe no. that's my exception uh, I love a bit of Jarrett um, but oh, these that's... days <laughs> but, gets yeah. heel heat mate <laughs> who else is getting heel heat like him not many he, even give him Pac you know Pac would be cool you know, as a, yeah. as a single, I know there's probably other things going on, Papa. You know what I mean? That level of guy. That's 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 what I'm hoping yeah. for here. That we get something, uh, something neaty for him. But yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. Malachi Black. Yeah, well, he's doing the weird Eddie Kingston thing right now, isn't he? That I don't uh... really understand. But he, even that, I was watching Rampage, going like, you know, I'm not into this story, and you know, they feel kind of cool in the House of, House of Black and Eddie Kingston feels ice cold right now when that's the man who shouldn't be ice cold in the new company but I was watching that going fuck me what are like murderous row wrestlers they've got right now and what I'd like because these dynamites I wouldn't change anything about them like I said to you last week I like the mm. fact that he's concentrating on certain wrestlers it does mean people I love like an Eddie Kingston are kind of on the outside looking in right now it's almost I think it's better for the product for Tony Khan to have his attention on certain guys and not spread it too thin but like, yeah, that goes to the the point of the roster. That could be a pay per view match in a in a different universe or a less stacked um, AEW roster. So that just kind of says where we are right now. But yeah, did did you have any other notes on the uh, on the show itself? Like, yeah, give me a great angle like that. Give me three three great matches. I suppose yeah. Yeah, we are burying the lead of like the uh, the Mercedes uh, Monet uh, non appearance. Um, I know we didn't really get into it on the weekend show. Where'd you stand on that? I think I made my by stance, you know, clear. I. I- I do blame I, the company on it. I do think you can't mm-hmm. have Rip Baker go on TV and and say what she said and make the page, uh, make the um the Mercedes Monet, you know, the boss references and outright wink to the camera and even just building the match for this mm-hmm. long. They don't, they don't build. They got the two tickets they banged on about. Yeah, and they they don't build with you know a women's tag match that's there from top on a stack dynamite. You know, a month out. 
the day that the, the Mercedes Monet news is starting to break that she's done with WWE without a plan. Clearly, there was a plan that fell apart in some form. You know, whether they knew mm. they are there, whether they never knew they are there and were just hopeful. You know, even the mystery part, the thing, you know, they, didn't, they could have just they could have just advertised the match if it was just going to be a straight tag match. I think blame does reside with AEW. As I said to you on the weekend show, mm. this is a company who their most famous debut, here I am mentioning Punk again, hi, Crewy. Like, you know, he that is like, that was built on it not being announced. And it being hinted at. Mm-hmm. So people are going... When you do that once, people are going to go along with that. The live reaction in the building told you something. The quarter hours, I think, tell you something. The people expected it. It's not entirely, you know, as black and white as, well, AEW is scum for this. They they false promoted. They didn't. But they share a, f- a fair amount of blame, you know, along with a percentage of maybe as all being a little bit too... I don't know if hopeful is the way mm-hmm. because a tag match probably isn't where you want to debut. But, uh... Well- I didn't want her debuting on this. It felt like a mess that they'd kind of... I say a mess. Ultimately, I don't think it's going to really mean anything in the kind of scheme, grand scheme of things. Because, you know, dare I say it, I quite like the kind of level of over that Jamie Hayter's getting to, where she's very much like... the. And if they are going to be building to a kind of AEW like versus WWE kind of homegrowns versus people who've come in, then I'm kind of fine with that. She shouldn't have been debuting in this anyway. It would have been yeah. like what they often do with women's matches where it becomes overly convoluted and people start coming out and it doesn't mean anything. So this is the kind of stuff I want to see Mercedes Monet's coming in, in a couple of weeks and you see like a shock video at the end of its screen goes, you know, arena goes dark, video screen is there like coming soon or something along those lines and then you build to it i was really hoping that had happened at the end of the show like a like mm. a mercedes turns up or like a you know an nwo limo turns up just to just to satisfy everyone i, I don't know if she's coming now i'm just not, I'm not convinced i is it a money thing because mm. you've also got to remember she's been paid an absolute fortune well she is by, the ceo yeah with um as she's trademarked um <laughs> you know she is becoming like you know, she's earning a fortune from that. And I think, I don't know, it's easy to say this stuff in hindsight, partly because I'm, 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 I'm le- a lot less upset than the people, than, than some are. And I get the idea of saying that, you know, they did, they did tease this. This is what they, they do. And they did kind of tease it. However, do like, while they should bring her in, if it's going to be like a case of like, have a plan to bring her in for it rather than bring her in for the sake of it, because then it doesn't mean anything. If you're not properly going to say she's coming in and we're going to try and build to it. And also I think as well, you want to look at the new, you look at the way new Japan debuted her. Ultimately you think, would they have been better off doing a series of promos in the build up and stuff like that, being able to kind of build to it properly, like a proper introduction and stuff like that, just to at least familiarize your audience. And I think with someone like that, you do build it up. It's also worth waiting when Mandalorian season three is out, how featured she is in that and what kind of response that gets, because that's the kind of thing where that's like, if she's featured in a, she was in an episode in season two. I know that's but a bit in, overblown, but I'm with Rover on this one. Give it six months, let a price go down and then bring her in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a bad shout. <laughs> she ain't going back. I don't know. I'll just go back to the video. See if she moves business for new Japan and stardom. Hmm. And if I, she does, and you go, I think she will. I think that's a given. I think, I think I do think she's responsible for the quarter. But more than just a thousand tickets for the 
battle in yeah. the valley show like yeah, something more well. substantial yeah. But yeah, I think she could be a move of I'd, I'd pay, like, I, I was on record saying with WWE as much as the, uh, you know, the gang on uh, on Twitter got on my back. Like, I, if I was WWE, I, I would have paid them what she wanted. If I'm AEW, I pay her what she wants. Um, she's a star on a level unlike anyone else in that women's roster. And mm-hmm. you know, you know what they should have done? Whatever they're paying Soraya, just give her that on top of whatever she wants. Give it as a bonus because Soraya fucking stinks. She was horrendous in this tag match. Mm. She was. This was like watching a fucking mid two thousands Brit Res wrestler, which is what she is. Go in there with fucking the young bucks and Kenny Omega. She looked five level. She looked like you know a non league player in the Premier League. Throw whatever fucking analogy you want. Like it is proven true that like she was a diva. She was all right to a level back in the day. Even if you don't think the AW Women's Division is that good. That level has moved on. When Britt Baker's in there mm. and you look five times less of a wrestler than she does, like, there's questions got to be asked. Like, I'm at a point now where I don't think she's going to get better than this. She literally needs to go to wrestling training school. Like, she needs to start again. Mm. Like, she, that, that's where I am with Soraya. Like, she's fucking, she's crap. And, like, what's she giving AEW? Bad promos, bad matches, and a bit of star power. But, you know, is it worth it? I don't think it is. Like, they need to go back right. to the drawing board with her. Like, and they're protecting her as well. Like, you know, Tony Storm's eating pins for her. Who, you know, uh. Tony Storm came up with a Gresham level boo boo face here because not only is she eating pins, she's getting booed now because everyone wants to cheer Jamie Hater. I'd be upset if I was her as well. You know, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't make business sense of Soraya lose, but like, she's clearly the uh, the fourth best in, the, in this dynamic. And yeah, it's dragging everything that she's in down right now. Sorry, I just really don't like yeah. it, right? No, I, I've not enjoyed anything that she's been in. But then I wasn't like I was a massive Paige fan anyway. It wasn't like someone I thought had like all of this. There was a point in time where she was simply, when she came through in NXT, she had a different look to everybody else. Diva's a and she was better. Got Diva. Than, but yes, it's still Diva. So who was she better than? Well, a lot of the time, really people who were non-wrestlers. Complete non-wrestlers. Wilson, the on the show, here is in the chat saying still the second best wrestler in the night family. Wilson, I don't know. You, I, I think you can get down to third and fourth at this stage. <laughs> like, really. And I'd be, be quite casual about that. I'd say RKJ by a country mile at, at, yeah, at this stage. Then, yeah, yeah. and the uncles. Yeah, yeah, fuck, I'd even probably say Zach Zodiac's worked more and worked Ricky better. Senior, maybe. Well. <laughs> a mum. Yeah. Sweet Soraya, yeah, all of them. Frankly, uh, but I—that's the way that I kind of like, like. I view it pretty much. Like I, I think that when I watch, her, I don't. I just—if she was coming in as this kind of like mega obnoxious heel, I'd be like, oh, okay, I could kind of see where you go with that. But she's being protected, and it's not a particularly likable character as well. So you just kind of go, I don't know. I'm not really. I, I'm not enjoying it. It's. It's like it's in some ways really what. You know what the as well as the obvious star power that Mercedes Monet adds, a lot of it is through sheer persistence of trying to get people to work better. Um, and I think you look at a Jamie Hater, and I think really in that division currently, it's the Jamie Hater and Britt Baker kind of show. You're waiting to the to the feud with them. That's the one that's probably going to get the the crowd more um, excited. Although I will say, we see so many women's tag matches. Why isn't there? I don't know. This feels awful. There are so many titles. Don't ask for another belt, JP. I would get rid of them. Like, trust me, I would do. The All Atlantic title could go away tomorrow and I wouldn't give a shit. 
Like, however, if you are going to have a proper women's division, there we go, and you're going to have a main title and a secondary title, you do need tag belts because what it would allow it to do, and I'll probably go into rampage with this as well, is you then start to form relationships between characters that are on there and you create different dynamics and then you can have the breakups of those teams and you're well, telling other different kinds of stories in the three hours a week though but that's no but there isn't any space for it this is why you know you say the all elite women project stuff like that which won't be happening at time warner given fucking shit show they're the kind of lads who'll probably delete every episode of the wire and sopranos they've got just think well we'll save a few quid <laughs> some weird way in things. order to do that yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that's that's what tag divisions have kind of historically been used for. And I just think that they're kind of missing a trick in a division where people don't work. But there's not enough time. There's not enough space. And as you said at the very beginning of all of this, there's people on this show, people who aren't on this show who I really like. However, the structure, the format, the amount of people who are on there at the minute, it's about right. It is, and I'll quickly say one quick negative and one other positive from Dynamite before we'll talk a little bit of Rampage. Um, Jericho Appreciation Society segment, hot fucking garbage. Um, the <sighs> worst Ricky Sark performance since yeah. this breakthrough. Like, a real uh. step backwards for him. I'm sure. Hopefully we're not all going to remember it, but, like, I mean, he's out there challenging Jake Hager to a match that's already been announced by Excalibur, like, and all of his lines were shit, and the back and forth was crap, and we were, it was like, it was all in again, we were all looking at the clock going, this main event's got, like, 15 minutes here, like, get the fuck off me telly, some, Tony Khan, like, you know, little bit of Tony Khan criticism, tell Jericho he's got fucking five minutes less, don't care about him, them getting in the ring and ripping the fucking pants off, we haven't got time, we just haven't got time, we're gonna cut your line, mm. we're gonna cut your line, and we're gonna get through this quickly, um, that was a rare miss on this show. That I think that was worse than the women's tag and the whole, um, you know, will she, won't she, uh, Mercedes. Uh, and it was a really bad one too, unfortunately, because there was a bit of a negative feeling in the air and then that went out there and shit the bed. Mm. So that's what takes it down from being the best Dynamite of all time. But what helps it, you know, we didn't really talk about it. Main event was great. Elite Death Triangle. Overall yeah. enjoyed the series. With you, JP, on what happens next with these belts, like I don't know what the elite do next with these belts that could be of substance. You know, it's a, it's a, it, there are a set of belts that are. This has been the exception, the best of seven. You can't do this every time. Six yeah. man matches by their nature are just one off whatevers. Like how many one off whatevers can you do before it's like, hang on, we got more money tied up in these lads than it makes it worth. Maybe one more pay per view cycle, if that. Then I want to see Kenny in the uh, in the main mix. I want to see the books in the tag mix, and oh. yeah, um, I can't. Unless they're in there against CM Punk and FTR, that's a fucking hell of a trio match. Then that's like all oh, bloody hellfire. I'd take that. Right, we'll, we'll, that would be a, a right old grumble. But yeah, like, what do you do with it? Like, you want to see them in more interesting stories and, and everything else. And I mean, in many ways, so like good, the, 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 look at the, the matches are excellent and. I thought this was great. Like, I really, like, I went in and obviously I enjoyed it. And I think the thing that should be the absolute credit to them is while they managed to keep the quality level up, some of them will, I mean, for me already, they're blurring into kind of like, okay, there's the point where they're like 3 1 down and then the rules kind of go out of the window and the rest of it. And we didn't have as much of the hammer stuff, which is fine. It was a decent story in order to be able to kind of tell it at the beginning about it. But it did. Like, th- there's a couple of, like, fine, like, I'm not you. Well, where do we go after this? Like, you're booking to this. That's fine. Where do we go afterwards? Split up Death Triangle. Split them up. Yeah. 
between all of them. I think like it's really based off this. Yeah, I think this best of seven has now ended. Now they will split because they should. Yeah, they should, and they should do. Mm. And then Phoenix as a face, Pack as a heel, and I think even with Penta, like I'd want to go heel on it. I'd want to go violent heel on it because I think that's the most value you get out heel. of him. Phoenix as a face, Penta back on Lucha Underground, perfect sorted or in nah, pro. There we <laughs> go, all sorted. <laughs> but yeah, you mentioned Rampage before. Uh, any quick thoughts on Rampage? I thought it was another enjoyable well, show. Um, I think it was uh, another enjoyable show. I, did, I never thought I'd start off with this, but I do want to mention Paul Walter Hauser. <laughs> He's getting the title at all, now, isn't he? <laughs> mate. Shout out to Liam. Well, He's not in the chat tonight. Um, yeah, well. Funny enough, last week I did I did the man a complete disservice. Like, who is he? Why is he on here? What do you want to? I thought I Golden Gloves. Know. What is that? Right, he's in more, a show okay, called Blackbird. More or less famous than Rob Bartlett. More famous. Okay. Yeah, like he's, he's been. My girlfriend Bartlett was going. Oh, he's in a... episode. I'm just saying. He's in. He's in things like the Cruella bloody film, which is like the prequel to 101 Dalmatians. Yeah, I know. Oh. Who would have guessed it? Yeah, I mean he's. Like, so he's in a show called Blackbird, which is like one of these limited season things. He plays a guy called Larry Hall, which is a true story about it's Taron Egerton from the Kingsman films who had to go. True story of a guy had to go into jail to befriend a guy who was about where the bodies were buried um, of these of these young girls, and he plays like a effectively plays like a child murderer, but he's brilliant in it. It's a great, great show. I'm not saying it's a laugh, obviously, given the subject matter. (laughs) But it's got music by, but it's got music by Mogwai. It's based on a true story it's as well. Mogwai. Well, after as well. Bit of Mogwai. Mogwai is whenever they're doing a score, I find myself going, "I'll watch it, even if it's flawed, like zero, 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 and other stuff like that." Great label so, as well. I thought, I remember, remember, a great band too. I'm just trying to get points with Liam. Yeah. It, I, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was a really good show. So he was, he was on here, and I thought it wasn't as over long. And I thought he took a, that guitar shot like a fucking pro. Oh, that was the thing that made me kind of... Like, it's a, it's a dream in it for a celebrity spot because, you know, we all know they don't hit. You know, the guitars are made of paper. Like, he doesn't actually have... You know, let Dan Howes and take the real bumps. He can take the fun one with a guitar. Uh, no, yeah. You know what? I'll give him. He came across like a legitimate fan. He got the crowd going. He's clearly a name just because I... It's like Bad Bunny just because I don't know him doesn't mean he's not a fucking name. Um, he's not yeah, a big... He's not a big star by any stretch of the imagination, but he's the kind of guy who's like a, a good actor. He's a proper actor. Right. And yeah. he likes wrestling? As, yeah. Well, I, I have to say, I did laugh about the idea. He goes, I would go to Jacksonville over Connecticut. Yeah. I think like any day. I was like, good lad. That's that's smarky enough for me. I'm happy about that. If he said up north, I would have felt like, ah, oh, <laughs> the man after my own heart. I don't like New York. I'm all about Atlanta. Give a little wink. Don't, don't you think fucking um, poor uh, Max Caster, he's created the rob for his own back because every time there's big news, people expect, oh, they're going to dedicate two hours to Dynamite to his rap. No, they're not because Tony Khan's not going to greenlight anything. <laughs> you know, he's going to get he's gonna get one line in like the blood money line this week. I almost felt like your boy yeah. uh, your boy Hauser got a got a better line than, than he did. Although he claimed that had a bad week anyway. Did you see that they had to retape that air? Uh, that segment on Rampage, you could see it written all over the faces because Caster fucked up his line. So they went back and started again. So if you watch Rampage, it's dead funny. When they, It was actually, it was a nice moment. It felt real because they come out 
and you can tell it's their second time coming out and they're both kind of giggling at each other and like i think um bowen's at what literally says to the camera you know second time lucky or something like that um and then uh, and then caster's kind of like after he he hits all his lines he's kind of like relieved and it was funny you know what i mean it was like you know break it up with the actors type of moments you know that like yeah. the uh remember the uso sammy thing a, a few weeks ago that everyone loved because it was it felt a little bit real it was funny you know billy gunn was was great i love that segment to be honest i Honestly, I never thought I'd say this, but I fucking love the ass boys. Uh, like, these trolls who, like, that music hits, and it just makes me laugh every time. Because, one, the music's hilarious. And, two, you know they're going to come out and get beaten up. You know they're going to come out and troll. They're really good at their role. Like, And I, I think now that the dust has settled, it didn't really make sense for me for Billy Gunn to go with the acclaimed and tear on his sons and stuff. But, you know, Billy Gunn clearly adds to the acclaimed act, the moreover because of the, you know, Sizzimi Daddy ass stuff. Mm-hmm. And the ass boys have something they can constantly do. Like, this is... They don't even ever have to have a match again. They could just constantly do these angles for another year. Yeah. And I don't think I'll get sick of it, even if it's I... stupid over putting your handprints in the, you know, the Walk of Fame. Like, I yeah. thought this was very, very good. I enjoyed it. it it's, it's weird how I should have turned on the gun club a very, very long time ago. I should feel some like Brian Pillman Jr. kind of feelings of they're not very good and everything else. They fucking work like, and they get heel heat Hmm. and yet it's cheap heel heat, but what heel heat really isn't cheap at the end of the day. A little theory on the song when I hear and I laugh because for some reason they're being called the ass boys and the music itself sounds like the kind of like kind of music that you could possibly train your ass into farting like that in some way, shape, or form. I thought you were going to so go the maybe... porn route, but it sounds like it would be I wasn't. Porn. No, I wasn't. Take your mind out of the gutter. Eh? No. Oh, yeah, um, let's go to the high pro place of fart. Go to the high pro places of comedy squeaking farts to go in line with this. They'd um, love it. The wrestlers would love it. They love that shit, don't they? Yeah. They're not watching Blackbird. They're watching reruns of Saved by the Bell. Just remember that at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, that's... We'll lower in the tone here, by the way. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> but it was, yeah. And I have to say for the, I don't know if we haven't mentioned it yet in terms of the main event as well. Like the, um, I'm astonished at the idea that, um, a lot of men getting aggrieved that women bleed on TV and they go, well, I've got some news for you regarding sort of, you know, regarding that. That's something that, that, that women tend to do. You fucking dinosaur imbeciles. Road, you done, believe road control is as much of a gobshite as he is. Like, did you see that? Oh, it's song? fucking concern trolling about stuff like, well, he was posting oh, like, thought... um, like that, um, what's the name? Of the ref, um, names on the tip of my tongue. Aubrey Edwards. Aubrey, sorry, I couldn't remember him. Aubrey, yeah. he's there's a freeze frame of him not checking um, on a bleeding, and he's like, "Oh, shouldn't that referee be checking?" Like, well, well, she, you know, that not really. You know, it's like that's a freeze frame. You can get a freeze frame of any moment in a match. Like, what's she supposed to do? Literally, like spend the entire match checking on yeah. it because it's a girl bleeding. Because that's the implication of that shitty tweet. Fuck off, and your gobshite brother. Like, I didn't even enjoy the match that much. I, I didn't. I didn't really feel like it was end. I, I, I didn't even know these lot of feuding. I didn't really care. Um, and then they got bloody and had a stupid match, and they tried to, you know, do what they did last year. But you know, the concern trolled side of it. Just fuck off, like you know. Yeah. Women bleed, and what? Like, who fucking cares? Yeah, in the end of it, like, there's nothing to fucking get a like. girlfriend. 
(laughs) Seriously, like all of that kind of stuff is like fucking nonsense. Like really, when you you hear it and uh, like the the levels of anger over the the complete bullshit. But but yeah, I mean, I have to say, like overall, and perhaps this is, I've started watching Rampage again. It's not always been that way. It really hasn't always been that way. You know, for a long time there were a large like I could happily miss it. It didn't mean anything. But it has improved, like on the whole. I'd probably say this week's one was probably one of the weaker ones in recent weeks. But it does feel like a bit more TLC has come up on it as well. I've heard the. Argument. I still want to see storylines, but but that yeah. I see your point that you've raised before about well, you're going to have only half the audience are going to see it if you're leading into dynamite stuff. But yeah, because I think it just that makes argument, for a better product you know, there should be more. There should be more consequential matches there, and it shouldn't be so obvious that, like, you know, Derby's going to beat Juice Robinson. And guess what? I was right. It was a three point two five star match. Um, you know, it shouldn't be. You know, so didn't obvious. bother watching it. <laughs> it was fine. It was. I will never say Juice Robinson's a bad wrestler. I just refuse to say he's a good one either. Um, he exists in that uh, in that three point two five star range. That is who he is um, as a wrestler at uh, at this point, but. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily agree with that talking because I think I almost think Rampage at this point should you're not going to change the perception entirely, but if it's a nice bonus hour of AEW content on top of everything else that you're getting, cool. You know, that's that's exactly what it what it should be. By the way, Grapple App three point oh six for uh, the Derby and Juice, so they're even lower than me. Um but yeah, little bonus hour of like in my ideal world, I've said this before, Rampage will be available as soon as Dynamite finishes. And when you're in that excited mood of like, oh, I just want a little bit more AEW, you watch that and then you know you, you fall asleep. Um I would love that. Yeah. Would, fight TV, get on it. Get the, every every have you ever noticed that on the fight stream every now and then the stream just keeps running? Like after, yeah, after I Dynamite do. and they, they show a little bit like that first few seconds of Rampage, you go, like, is this gonna be the like, Not that I'm desperate to You're talking about it like it's a television X preview. <laughs> Bringing back those memories, those feelings of like, oh, maybe tonight, the, tonight they forget. They're not going to pixelate it tonight. Like, and we all remember the one or two <laughs> nights where, where that happened. <laughs> it's that same feeling, except Glorious it's match. fucking Juice Robinson matches. My eyesight's yeah. never recovered, mate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh, but I'm saying that about Rampage. You know, there you go. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Daniel Garcia action Andretti on the uh, on the show. Uh, show next. Oh, he can fuck off. I know we didn't mention really enough, but he. He's Star nothing, my ass. He's got nothing. Like, no, he didn't he do anything in the match either. And what people were on about, like he just did some. He was generic, flippy guy. This wasn't young Will Osprey. This wasn't even fucking yeah. you know Leon Slater. This was just a guy um, that Jericho's decided he's going to get over. And I don't think he's going to achieve it, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, Dynamite uh, is uh, Fresno, California. Books v Top Flight is on the show. That'll be fun. Oh, uh, Orange Cassidy, J Lethal. Um, less fun. Uh, Darby Allen v. Kashida. Is that real? Didn't know about that. Um, I don't really want to watch it. Uh, interesting, though, uh, Kashida on a, on a Dynamite. I mean, he didn't get flown off the Wrestle Kingdom, but, you know, um, Willow Nightingale. Says a lot about him. Like, he really, I have to say, I was on the, I'm quite bored by this bloke reasonably early on, like, after seeing him. And he goes, great. Is he? Is he great? Because I want to sleep here. 
when I was watching him and Zack Sabre Jr. for like 40 minutes. <laughs> like, just going, I'm fucking tired now. Yeah. I've had a few pints. This is the last thing I need. <laughs> uh, you know, we had those Kyle O'Reilly matches, you know, we all remember them. Um... Oh, it's still doing a Back to the Future gimmick, for the love of God. <laughs> Leave that to, uh, to Kenny Watts' face, uh, the UK bloke. Oh, speaking of UK, you know what we didn't talk about with Bill on? Quick, uh, quick news note before we go. Ginny retired. Oh. Any thoughts? No? Anyway. None. Uh, None. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never I did see some, the some rematch that we all wanted. I will say there was a, a, a very late Brit rest uh, story, wasn't it? There was a IW, ICW shows are starting to be delisted oh, from Peacock. Um, I didn't watch it when they were on there, so like it, it's it's got zero impact on me. Let's hope progress next. Um, talked a bit of Brit Res in the pre-show. Talk some TNT if uh, you're still a fan of uh, that stuff. Get that there. Um, yeah. Yeah, anything else? Lovely talking? on Slater talk in the pre-show. I'll say that actually. Yeah, from the I went to the the TNT show on uh, on uh, on Saturday. Um, you know, uh, Jepter and the uh, and the lads uh, were uh, were very welcoming. Um, and I was there. there. There is a guest. I will say, I'm not a progress uh, in the balcony guy who's going to pretend everything was great for that reason. Um, it was a Brit Red show uh, in a lot of ways with uh, you know the things I don't like, like you like us twins, um, and a lot of you know bang average British wrestlers but uh, I will say yeah Leon Slater really stood out on that show um, again as he always does anytime I've seen him you know I don't know I always say I always said on the I said that on the pre-show Dan Baloney seems like a good bloke good luck theoretically good wrestler never been you know always been like that notch lower when, when the match comes it's never as good as even I you know temper my expectations for it to be with Dan Malone he's never mm. lived up to my expectations he had a great match with Will Ospreay once yeah so did fucking everyone um, but I will say yeah Leon Slater looked legit look like you know but you know he's not he's not the next will osprey uh, i think people might take my words the wrong way if i if i do say if i do say that but as i said the pre-show does did give me like a little bit of that feeling when uh, when osprey came through on a much lower level i will uh, i will underline um mm-hmm. I, I also uh hid from a man like derice when he made his entrance because i didn't want to get bullied on twitter again so you know that was another uh another highlight of the show don't want to get owned twice in a year by the uh, by the same man i've never uh never lived that one down jp we didn't have a chat about our britain instead but um, <laughs> outside that, I don't have a huge amount of notes, but yeah, professional, well-run show as always. You know, busy, and it was fun. Um, yeah, you know, good live show down the yeah. road from my house, and you know, uh, it's what it is. But maybe that's what a lot of, I mean, perhaps that's what a lot of wrestling is going to end up being in this country yeah. for quite a large swathe of time as as we build it up. Like, it's not stuff that people are going to be doing these epic journeys for, other than you know, selecting ports and super cords, super cards. I'm going to that. <laughs> Just, mm. Why would I? It's the same. It I mean, I know fucking people. Of course, it will. Yeah, I mean, one PW apparently sold out on their was it on their next show as well. So, yeah, you know, so, it is what it is. So the original point, you think, yeah, progress in the business. Mm. You follow off the network. I just think ICW shit, and someone realised ah, oh, this shit's on our network. Let's delete it. Someone, someone said something fucking dodgy on a promo or there was someone dodgy mm. on screen let's just wipe the entire thing i think that's as likely as it all coming off um i think know, if, maybe those deals it, are expiring maybe there's that maybe i mean that, that could be the case and we'll we'll see won't we with that i mean there's that part of me that always made me think well icw is probably the product in terms of its content that's going to have the most issues being on the network outside of wxw which is always going to be fine pretty much for for what they do and for most, uh, you know, there'll be some parts of progress that they're not going to want to 
want to put up on there, but for the most part, they can kind of get away with it. It's just ICW it, yeah. that would end up, yeah. Vince owns them, you know. It's like, like saying it's shit as well. So, <laughs> uh, anything else you've seen? Anything else you want to comment on before we, uh, before we go? No, there's Did still stuff I haven't caught. I didn't get round to it. I downloaded the fucker on my phone, and what I ended up doing was a rewatch of Omega Osprey instead. When I was like the other day, it is a five star match. Is where I'm kind of come round to. I will be changing around. Grapple if you want to uh, see a great video on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go there if you want to hear you know, our thoughts on there. But I did because I said to myself I wanted to do a rewatch of it. It's fucking brilliant. It was better second time round. I just felt like a lot more. I didn't have the effect of having seen the earlier part. Of the- I was able to just focus on this while I was awake. So yeah, yeah, okay. more there than happy with that. We'll, uh, we'll count that in your, your end of yeah, It's not like I went yeah. one star on it and just went bollocks <laughs> or something like that. It's like it is. I was like four and a half star as a kind of placeholder. But I must hate it. Must hate wrestling generally. How dare we have different opinions on this? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But yeah, there you go then. I think that's uh, that's everything. So mm-hmm. other than that, yeah, um, patreon.com slash grapple. Like I say, for our, uh, our raw uh, 30th anniversary month one, other than. Great laugh doing that with Massey and Gareth. Uh, always, always fun when we can get the uh, the whole gang together. Obviously, observe this coming this week as well as our AW half year and review. Um, you have to be a subscriber, patreon.com mm-hmm. to get that. But next week, yeah, we will be running a, a trial just so we will get a, a sneak preview of what they get. There'll be a full version of Spotlight, including the pre-show. So all those little winks and nods we do to the pre-show on the main show, which I'm sure wind people up. Sorry, we'll try not to do that too much. Um, <laughs> we'll all be available to uh, to everyone as well as the daily updates, as well as the weekend show, as well as the uh, the bonus show. And if you enjoy it, uh, you know, give us a give us a look on Patreon, give us a subscribe, and yeah, uh, plenty more where that came from in the the coming months. But anything else, JP? Oh, that's it. Brilliant. Well, have a great, uh, have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next week for free week. See you, patrons, soon. Bye. <laughs>